0: Welcome to the 250, your weekly podcast covering the IMDb's top 250 movies of all time. I'm Darren, and I'm Andrew. And this week we're covering a very voracious and violent uh, film that is uh, V for Vendetta, villain, <laughs> Vill, if you will. Uh, but yes, uh, the um, the James McTeague film produced by the Wachowskis, uh, released in March 2006. It entered the list.
1: Screenplay by the Wachowskis as well. Yep. Yeah.
0: Um, And produced by them. And there's some debate about how much influence they may have had over the final cut. McTeague was famously the assistant director on the three Matrix movies, uh, to pick an example. So he had sort of like, he'd worked with them before in terms of that. Uh, But basically they sort of leveraged getting him this job directing this film. Because they were, this was a passion project for them. They'd wanted to do this along with the producer, Joel Silver, who's also credited on it as well. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's a movie that came into the list in 2006. It climbed up to about 110. It sort of dropped a little bit around about 2008, 2009. And it sort of steadily climbed and stabilized. It's now about 153 on the list. Those are a lot of numbers.
1: Yeah. But let's imagine a number going going down
0: and sort of stabilizing. That would be roughly where we are right now.
1: Yeah, yeah, you you can, like, colour it in. <laughs> draw a
0: circle around it, make some graffiti of it.
1: But yeah. Yeah, maybe maybe draw a line uh, for the average. <laughs> <laughs> Statistical
0: um, mean, baby, that's where it's at. Let's talk a little bit about this, actually, because, like, this is a fairly recent film. It's only 12, 13 years old at this point. Um, It is a movie that has had a profound... Uh, sort of impact on pop culture. Oh, yeah. Um, it's a movie that left a lasting impression. It's one of those movies, like the Wachowski's work on The Matrix, that sort of in some ways defined a generation. It's a movie it's hard to avoid or to, to talk about without talking about, you know, what it is rather than the film itself. When did you first see this, do you remember, Andrew?
1: I feel like I I might have seen this when, um, perhaps shortly after it was out in DVD. I feel like I might have seen this while I was still... In Oh wait. I'm not sure actually. I didn't I definitely didn't see it in cinema, but I'm wondering it must it must have been it must have been while I was in university.
0: That would be about right. That would line up with me anyway, because I would have been so yeah.
1: I was wondering whether I had seen it um it's possible I it's possible I saw it at at home in Sligo at some weekend when I was um home from college or something like that. I feel like I don't I, don't think I um, I saw it um, kind of up here in in Dublin in the big smoke home home of the two fifty
0: uh, as it is known. It is worth noting, by the way, that like um, the Matrix uh, an early another film, again this is the Bukowski films, uh, but like the Matrix, uh, this this film performed reasonably well in cinemas, garnered a lot of attention discussion but performed phenomenally uh, on home media and in particularly on DVD. So, for example, when it was released by December 2006, it had earned a total of about $70,000 from its box office run in the States, which is not particularly impressive as these things go. Like $70,000... Sorry, $70 What's... million. Dollars, oh, apologies.
1: gee. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was thinking, um, yeah, that's, that's really not very good at all.
0: <laughs> but $70 million, apologies. But by the time it fin- finished that run on DVD it had earned $60 million, which was almost as much, because those numbers are almost the same. But it's it's quite an impressive accumulation. Capturing
1: hearts and minds. Right here, with statistics.
0: No, 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 but, but like, it's, it's more an illustration of what the film is. Like The Matrix, this is a film that found its audience on DVD. I don't imagine your experience of coming to it, watching it on DVD, is a lot unique.
1: Of people do watch The Matrix in cinema. I feel like it's a movie that probably deserved a cinema experience.
0: experience. I remember, and again, this is is a podcast we're going to do later in the year because we're going to do the summer of 99, hopefully later in the year. Get those nostalgia buds tickling, talk about films like The Matrix and Fight Club, both of which are, you know, perhaps quite similar to Viva Redetta in a number of ways. But those were films that largely found their audience on DVD. And I remember getting the DVDs of those films because those were films that were designed... For that, like, they had those little special features that were, like, remember oh, yeah. the white rabbit and the pill, the red pill and stuff on the DVD for The Matrix and stuff like that.
1: And, uh, and they even um, released a uh, The Animatrix after, which which is almost like a, a, a bonus feature, feature um, like, second DVD, but it was its own kind of release.
0: Its own project, yeah. I guess
1: based on the popularity of Of, of, the, of Matrix the Matrix, of the home yeah. media production.
0: And I mean, like, the same is true for V for Data, which is, like, it was released in film in cinemas. Um, it had a bit of a mixed reaction, um, critically as well as sort of, like, in terms of audience reaction as well. There was a lot of polarisation around it. Critics seem to either love or hate it. Like, I'll include a number of views in the show notes, but, like, Jonathan Ross uh, was famously acerbic. He said, It should have been called V for Vasectomy and I would have enjoyed it more. Um, he really, really loathed it. The BBC was not a huge fan of it. A lot of the discussion in American sort of the reviews... BTN? And, BTN, their, their view was, I mean, they felt that it, it didn't really speak to God-fearing uh, sort of cinema-goers. Right. Or, you know. Um, but, I mean, if those critics had been there while it was being filmed, they would have shown those filmmakers what for. Um, but it, <laughs> it's very much... It was a film that was contentious. And it's interesting that it makes the 250 because it is polarizing. Like... Unlike, say, Fight Club, or unlike The Matrix, where there is this pool of critical consensus, it feels like V for Vendetta. Is
1: there, is, I don't, I don't okay. like the. I, I suppose with 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 something like Fight Club, I think um, it, it 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 is it is this great kind of touchstone. But I feel like a lot of people sort of these days are revisiting it, maybe in 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 a way that 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 isn't as uh, perhaps generous.
0: As it was when it, they were released in 1999. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas I think that, that there's some truth in that, in particular, like, the famous story that Fincher tells when he was asked, like, what if your, what if your daughter dated a boy whose favourite movie was Fight Club? He'd tell her never to see that boy again. Um, right. That's, that sort of thing. And that's the director of the film, to pick an example. But I think that at the time in 1999, they were very warmly regarded, whereas this landed and you had very strong reactions for and very strong reactions against and it just seemed to become this sort of lightning rod of criticism, and it's it's odd to see a movie that is as polarizing yeah. as this, like on the list. Like we talk about, like the no- you need to have a certain amount of consensus around a film to get it on the list. You're never going to see First Man on the list, for example, because that has that controversy at the flag over it.
2: Well, You're-
1: like like this is a contentious movie, but <laughs> but, but perhaps perhaps it's uh, appealing to the. Um, dem- again like yeah the core demographics <laughs> of the IMDB the god fearing IMDB uh, uh, visitor yeah. um uh voters they do they have profile photos do they the IMDb users. The IMDb users. They
0: can I believe.
1: They can. I wonder how many of them.
0: (laughs) Are the actual masks from V for Vendetta. That's a very good point actually. Because again this is, it's worth talking just a little bit about. I don't think it spoils too much. To say the guy in V for Vendetta wears a mask. Yeah
1: if we're going to talk about why should you watch this movie (laughs) if you're not familiar with this movie are you familiar with the Anonymous movement?
0: Yeah. Um, Are you familiar with Guy Fawkes? This is the real question. Yeah. Because again this is a film. that has a phenomenally outsized pop cultural footprint. It turned that Guy Fawkes mask into a political statement in the United States as well as the UK and places like that. You point out the anonymous movement where it became a brand for them to record videos in the style of... Oh, and again, this is a minor spoiler, but in the style of Say the propaganda videos that V himself records here, where yeah. he's wearing this mask and a wig and delivering this monologue about how he thinks society should operate.
1: No, no, like it had such an effect on 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 that kind of movement that that then again the movement uh, translated back into popular culture. Like, have have it's you seen robot. that episode of um, IT Crowd? I have not. Um, there's an episode of it where there's you know, like a guy from, anyway um, I, 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 I guess we'll put a link to it in the show notes um, I don't think I'm going to add anything to it by tra- describing it. this funny thing I saw on telly
0: um, but yeah, and I mean even stuff like say Mr. Robot which invents its own marketable V for Vendetta style mask which you yeah, can from Amazon
1: I, I think, is it, is it also featured in the newsroom? <laughs>
0: I would not be surprised if yeah. it's featured in the newsroom. Aaron Sorkin read the internet today and is angry. Um, but yeah,
1: it, it's kind I think, of. I think there was a whole thing about was it was it, um, yeah, I, I I believe so. I believe it was like anonymous. There were, there was a whole episode about like kind of like are they any good? Like, um, <laughs> yeah. uh, should we be taking them seriously? What was the conclusion? Uh, perhaps uh, more than we thought at the beginning of the episode.
0: Very good, thank you, Mister Sorkin. You are truly a cool man who is down with the kids. But I mean, this is this is the thing. Like that's a phenomenal level of impact for a film to have. Like that's like it's it's one of those things that we talk about. when We talk about the list movies that have shaped and defined pop culture. You put the mask from V for Vendetta up, and it's not a Guy Fawkes mask. Yeah,
1: it's like, not even a, a V for Vendetta. It's. True. Thing anymore? It's any become more. It, it, it's, it's become more associated with the thing that associated uh, with the movie initially. Yeah. Um. Which which we which, which was this movement,
0: and and so like that's an amazing amount, and it's kind of interesting going back. Had you had you rewatched the movie since you first saw it when you were in college? I... I'm kind of curious about this don't think i had no i had a similar experience i watched this again i think i saw not it on certain
1: yeah um may have um
0: because i remember it coming out and it was in the middle of the bush administration it was 2006 it was produced in 2005 it was originally supposed to be released in november 2005 but well then... it was
1: supposed to be released in <laughs> maybe 2016 (laughs) (laughs)
2: 2017 (laughs) 2018
1: at some point before March of 2019 (laughs) Um, maybe I mean when it was supposed to be released it was perhaps um, yeah I don't know Um, but it that's up for history to decide, <laughs> right. I guess.
0: But it was it was pushed back, um, actually, as a result of the London terrorist attacks, the July bombings. Oh wow! Because it was felt that having a movie where the protagonist was a um, a terrorist, yeah, would undercut that dramatically.
1: Is he a terrorist, though?
0: Or is he a freedom?
1: Or is he? Or is he the only honest, uh, <laughs> only man with honest intentions to ever enter the parliament? <laughs>
0: But yeah, it was actually discussed in Parliament as well, because of course it was. Yeah. Um, as you can imagine, a movie about blowing up Parliament, released by a major American studio, in which that's portrayed as an act of heroism, might be discussed in Parliament. It was also discussed because... It was written
1: by Alan Moore. Like, like it's not... It, it, the, the, the source material is British, yes, correct? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, the source material was written... Half of it was written for Warrior Magazine, which is what Moore wrote for when he wrote Miracle Man. Then Warrior Magazine uh, went out of print uh, and it was left half finished. Moore then went over to DC. He did uh, Swamp Thing in the 80s and he did Watchmen. Watchmen did so well for DC that they sort of went back through Moore's back catalogue and were like hey, you found this thing you half completed. Would you like to uh, finish it? Would you
1: like some more?
0: (laughs) Everybody wants some more. Uh, Would you like to complete it, sign it over to us and allow us to publish it in perpetuity? And Moore was like that doesn't sound like a good deal and DC, we're like, okay, we'll make you a deal.
1: Well, it's not. <laughs> you caught us.
0: Yeah, yeah. We, we were telling a stinker. Uh, we'll make a deal with you, Alan. As we will publish this once. As soon as it goes out of print, the rights will revert back to you. This is unheard of. This is a great deal. I mean, they're comic books. Who's going to keep a comic book in print per, for perpetuity? It's never happened before. Alan Moore was it's like, a- well, that sounds like a good deal. I'll definitely sign this. It's a and,
1: better deal than Sinatra, Alan.
0: <laughs> and then, and then somehow DC managed to keep V for Vendetta and Watchmen in constant print for the better part of 30 years. Moore is understandably still upset. He still feels like he was conned out of that deal. Um, even though DC has stuck to the letter of the law, and we all know that's what really matters here, right?
1: Um, I guess, like, for <laughs> them, I think the important thing for DC it's money yeah and uh, Uh, i i think what what more might like rather than dc getting all of the money it's maybe some money (laughs) for him uh, (laughs) um but uh, yeah i i i I suppose there's a kind of a principle to it too well
0: this is the thing actually i imagine you will like more a great deal
1: yeah, um, I mean, from what I know of him, yes. He, he seems um, like a
0: man who would be very much like, if Andrew were an artist right, redefining his field, I imagine that you would have a kinship with Moore. Moore doesn't actually care about money. Um, Moore, famously, for the projects that he gets, uh, for the projects that, for his work that is sold on. So, for example, the Watchmen movie, the V for Vendetta movie, the From Hell mo- m- movie, right? He doesn't accept royalties for those. He insists that... I noticed
1: that David Lloyd was uh, credited and And Moore wasn't. wasn't. Yes.
0: So there's a story here, a little bit of a story. It's worth going into because there's a lot of hubbub around it and there's a lot of mistaken impressions about it and a lot of sort of complicated versions of the tale that you hear online. But from Moore's account, right, what happened is you are familiar with the uh, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen.
1: Uh yes. Okay. We go. Uh, yeah. Um. Okay. Go ahead.
0: So I'll try and keep this relatively brief. So the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen was a comic book that Moore wrote uh, in the late eighties. Sorry, in Stuart the nineties. Connery was in the in the film adaptation, adaptation yeah. which was abominable. The film adaptation is one of the worst movies I have ever seen, and I watch a lot of terrible movies. But what happened was after the film version of the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen was released, the studio was actually sued by a bunch of writers um, who, had co- who claimed that they'd come up with a similar concept and tried to sell it to the studio uh, beforehand. And they insisted that what had actually happened was the studio had looked at their concept, decided they wanted it, but they didn't want to pay for it, and so had worked with Moore to come up with some sort of elaborate plan where Moore would write a comic book, which was similar to the premise that they had pitched, and then the studio would buy the comic book off Moore um, and basically swindle them out of and the money that way. And this was obviously untrue. The case was eventually thrown out. Um, well, the case was eventually settled is the issue. And Moore was very famously pulled up um, in court, interviewed over Video link for 10 hours. And this is his description of the experience. If I had raped and murdered a school bus full of mentally handicapped children after selling them heroin... I doubt I would have been cross-examined for 10 hours. And it isn't even that Like, the cross-examination was apparently grueling for Moore, where he was grilled on how he came up with the concept and forced to justify himself. It was more that, like, after this happened, the studio settled the lawsuit out of court. And from Moore's perspective, he felt like he wasn't vindicated as an artist. He felt like the settlement was a concession or an acknowledgement. That he didn't... His rights weren't fought for as a creator that he has this hanging over him that people might think that he had stolen the concept or that he had been sort of implicated in that. And as a result, he he swore off Hollywood forever. Um He basically, he said he wanted no involvement whatsoever. He refused to be credited on this film, as you pointed out. Yeah. David Lloyd is. And David Lloyd apparently feels very sad. He's described it as, he's described it as watching a Laurel and Hardy movie where Stan Laurel isn't credited. Um He feels like he's really proud of the work that he did with Moore because he thinks it's the best work that he's done, but he feels really bad that Moore
1: is humble as well to consider himself the Oliver Hardy
0: of the set.
1: Um, Who would probably admit that he had less to do
0: um, than Stan Laurel. Yeah. But um, yeah, he, and, and again, this came up during the production of this movie where Joel Silver and James McTeague during the press circuit for this claimed that Moore had given them his blessing. He had not. Um And he got really, really angry and he gave a whole series of interviews about how much he hated the concept of the film and he hated the script and he hated the fact that they lied to him. Joel Silver talks about like calling up Moore to apologize for this and Moore saying, if you keep talking, I'm going to hang up on you and then hanging up on him. Moore is a man of intense principle. Um, he is utterly committed to the integrity of his art. He doesn't accept any money for this, but he doesn't begrudge his artistic collaborators for accepting the money. In fact he insists that they receive one hundred percent of any royalties that are earned from this. He just asks that his name is left off it. And grudgingly, uh DC and Marvel have sort of gradually accepted that. He's credited as the original writer, uh, on later editions of like Watchmen and uh stuff like his Miracle Man reprints at Marvel. He's credited as the original writer rather than as as Alan Moore. Uh but yeah, that's 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 how sort of that's where we are with *V for Vendetta*, and where we are with sort of Alan Moore movies in general, is that he's sworn off them and he sort of refused to have any part of them whatsoever.
1: Well, yeah, it 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 seems like the 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 example there you gave of um, *A League of Extraordinary Gentlemen* it very much does seem like the sort of thing that studios do. Yeah, like we're 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 both fans of uh, *The Next Generation*. Anyone who wrote a compelling character. Um, for that show, um, <laughs> was left out of any money when when they decided to use that character in future yeah, um, in anything. Yeah, because they would just give the the character another name. Yeah, it's like um, that guy that that guy who played um that uh cardassian, cardassian commander. He was um, really good. He was really did- good. But let's not ever pay the, <laughs> the, guy, the, who the, the guy who wrote that episode. Um, or it's like, they, they, that friend of Wesley's in Starfleet Academy. He seems we seems can like to do something with him. It.
0: But uh, yeah, unfortunately, if we did, we'd have to pay royalties to the writer. That's why, for example, the character of T'Pol in Enterprise is not T'Pau. She was meant to be T'Pau right. from Amok Time. But they looked at the having to pay royalties. and They're like, let's just change the A to an O, the U to an L voila work of art baby
1: yeah and they, they, they'd have to pay the 80s uh musician as well or... oh,
0: if they... <laughs>
1: um no isn't there an 80s uh musician oh uh, there's indeed shine yeah. in your
0: hand you're right yes
1: uh, but yeah, so no,
0: that is uh, so that is why when you watch V for Vendetta it's not
1: They also would have had to pay the person who goes But
0: yeah, it was also to Powell <laughs> That's how they got their big break. But yeah. yeah, so that that's why V for Vendetta is not credited to Alan Moore. <mumbles>
1: <laughs> Thank
0: you. <sighs> Thank you, Andrew. Um the l- we will choose the Lurpa. Um But one of the things that's interesting is I hadn't rewatched this movie since about 2006 and it's weird how it is at once very much a product of 2006. It's very much a product of the late Bush era right down to like 9-11 trutherism. And yet, and yet, yeah, and yet, somehow it feels like a movie that has also somehow gotten amazingly more relevant as it goes.
1: Yeah, all the kind of false flag stuff <laughs> is 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 less kind of like it, it. It's gotten a bit kind of. It's um, it's uh, nine nine eleven is in a, a is, is an inside job. It's kind of became nine uh, eleven is an inside job is an inside joke where 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 you can't really kind of take it seriously anymore yeah. and like the the you you kind of make make fun of that sort of um Crack point of view by saying, "Oh well, like jet fuel doesn't melt steel girders." Um, Your and is
0: trying to defend his previous truther positions on the podcast. What are you
1: talking about? <laughs>
2: <laughs> what if I ever?
0: I'm kidding. You've also you have you have on a number of occasions sarcastically suggested that jet fuel can't possibly melt steel beams at yeah. those temperatures.
1: Yeah. Oh, I'm very sorry. <laughs> know, for I'm any joking. of our listeners who thought I was being sincere. Yeah. They like the. I suppose. The thing about those sorts of things is that you can't be, you can't be naive either. Like they, 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 as 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 in their their kind of confirmed, uh, false flag incidents, like yeah. the Gulf Tomkin, uh, for 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 example. Yeah. Um. But uh, <laughs> what, what point am I making? <laughs> but but no. yeah, but yeah it, it's it's. Uh, but yes. It's very um uh, timely movie even even, even yeah. and in in some ways even though some of some of the kind of um um uh paranoia um has now become a little bit kind of passe yeah. not that it's not that it's passe in certain yeah. quarters, but we're quite familiar with it let's yeah. say yeah
0: and it it sort of stands out a lot more than it would have at the time, yeah um, because it's become a lot more mainstream i think yeah. But now, we're going to talk about the movie in a bit more depth. But let's ask the three questions. So, Andrew, having watched the movie twice, do you think that *V for Net-Up belongs in the IMDb's list of the top 250 movies ever made?
1: Um, that might be that might be might be kind of a tough question to answer. I'd be inclined to say no, but given given the list as it is. I mightn't begrudge it a kind of a low place, or maybe like coming in and out. Would it be on my top two hundred and fifty movies? I mean, I, I credit. I, I like the kind of subversive um, aspects of the movie, or the the. the um, but I. But I. But I. But I think it's good, maybe even great, without being excellent. Like, and, yeah. it, 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 and, and it wouldn't would be on my 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 personal two, two fifty, and it wouldn't mean as much to me as it as it has meant to For to so many other people. Yeah. But it, I would wonder whether at this point, whether it means the same to those people now as it did then. Like that's I, an I, interesting point. I'd, I'd be interested to know how 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 many of the kind of uh, votes for this movie are recent. You yeah. probably know more about the the, the, the kind of weighting of 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 quite an old vote versus a recent one.
0: I don't actually. I don't actually have a sort of a track. All I have is the number as it changed over time. I know that's yeah. been stable since about two thousand and twelve. I think that's an interesting point because I mean we think a lot about the the iconography of the film as associated with Anonymous and sort of groups like that and in terms of like this idea of of, you know, net activism and that sort of stuff and the emergence of this sort of cynicism in the wake of like you 9-11 and during the late Bush administration and it's kind of interesting to wonder how at the time that probably would have been like left-leaning and like pro-Obama and stuff like that and it's interesting now to wonder if that sort of branched out as well because to a certain extent say the the changes within the Republican Party in the past 4 years are as much a reaction against Bush as anything in the Democratic Party I would argue
1: and yeah, yeah I've, I've I've been listening to a lot of stuff recently about the kind of redefinition of um kind of um uh, Amer- American conservatives and, and 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 liberals um because it's it's the Mer- it's the American conservatives now are the new conservatives who are the most um, inclined to defend, um, uh, say, like, for example, um, offensive comedians, yeah. whereas previously it, 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 it would it, have been it, a liberal audience. Yeah, it would have been on the, on on on, um, on the left. While not while not necessarily agreeing with their point of view, they would have been uh, right inclined to, say, to yeah. um, defend them or even being their admirers. Yeah. But wh- whereas where whereas now it's um, there's more admiration on the right for people who who say whatever they want, regardless of 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 like what offense it might cause. Yeah. And there's been a lot of those sorts of changes. Yeah. Um, well, I
0: mean, the the you're right when you talk about the new conservatives and the new right, in particular, say people like Ben Shapiro, yeah, but um, and sort of even like Milo and, Yiannopoulos or whatever. The idea that they they cast themselves as rebels, as as sort of like as people fighting the good fight. I imagine that there are large numbers of people who are involved in the alt right who see themselves as V in this movie, trying to fight against a tyrannical left wing liberal consciousness.
1: And it's funny because it highlights one of the things that this movie gets very wrong. Which is which is the the the, the kind of um, closeness of the um, the the far right um, ruling party in in this um, in this scenario to to the um, to the church? Because I, I you you see you see in the United States the the um, the support that um, say um, Trump. Who, who, who? A lot of people on the far right are quite fond of, and um, the support he has from um some some quite high-ranking clergy, which is strange because it's so kind of ananima to their values. Yeah, um, this is a and, man
0: who paid off uh, sex workers. Like, yeah, for example,
1: exactly. Yeah. And 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 um and the the, the the that's
0: the first president to star in a pornography. Yeah,
1: that that that's the um that's as well the 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 kind of shift in 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 the new conservatives and the 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 um to to the extent that like it it used to be um a kind of a a a a movement based on um these kind of like like some kind of uh belief in in virtue or returning to kind of like old virtues which has kind of been done away with um to the point that the the um um any kind of um there's a there's a sort of like a a, a confusion or a, a kind of an out of placeness of 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 the support of of the so called uh, religious conservatives of the of the conservative movement and a lot of the new kind of voices are very um atheist atheists yeah agnostic uh yeah. yeah um and 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 think of kind of um um, a lot of their arguments kind of against um uh what they call like kind of social justice views or identity polit- politics are are based on um what what they consider kind of uh science yeah, yeah. versus 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 it being a, a a matter of um of faith of and morals faith certainty. and yeah 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 and 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 that and that they their their position is that the kind of dogma is is on the left.
0: Yeah. Well, that, that's the thing, is that they, they see themselves as a besieged minority. I mean, this is the thing with Stephen Miller. Um, obviously, the speechwriter in in the Trump administration who would have came up in California during the late 90s when you had that sort of revival of conservatism there. His argument is California that the California right...
1: conservatism is very interesting. Yes. Be, 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 because they are um a besieged minority and 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 yeah. and yet they're defining a lot of the um the um how how would you say the the um kind of this genre of 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 conserv- conservatism they're kind of writing the yeah, the, the, the 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 exactly the the narrative which yeah. is very strange because they they could
0: they can't win their own um, state, but they can somehow win the country. Yeah, yeah. And the
1: the the the, the national kind of um, uh, uh, narrative for uh, that party and that movement in the country need be like that. Yeah, it could be. Um, uh, it could be very different. There's something almost kind of strange about um, to- be- talking about themselves like consistently under attack. Yeah. When, when they're kind of um, controlling control. the Senate of and, the the, White House. and the White House. And yeah. the Supreme Court now yeah. as well.
0: I mean, this this is the thing, though. Is that like...
1: But I suppose that... that be, sorry, go on, go on. No, we kind of got no, we I, we I was going to say it kind of speaks to some of the kind of politics of fear that you see in yeah. this movie. Yeah. And, um, I mean, and, and, I, and where I, is that going to come from other than somewhere where it's actually genuinely under, receive, under attack? Under siege. Because,
0: yeah. I mean, uh, Miller's argument is that, yeah, conservatism is the new counterculture. And so it's kind of interesting to wonder how much of that is because you, like, you have places like 4chan which would have been around the time this film was released very active in campaigning against stuff like homophobia but have since become hotbeds of, as you pointed out, the the alt-right where the argument is that they're supporting people who are saying what they think and who are fighting against what they perceive as like a liberal majority enforcing their dogma on other people. Yeah. That's kind of interesting how stuff shifts and I do wonder if some of the people watching V for Vendetta today would see like... You know Milo Yiannopoulos as like the equivalent of V himself. You know that sort of yeah. stuff, or even uh, Ben Shapiro.
1: I would imagine there's a lot of kind of um, maybe uh, wrong, wrong-headed kind of. Um, oh, uh, sorry, that, that, that's that's very much kind of um, from from where. No, actually affected. Uh, it it <laughs> is wrong. These people are idiots. Yeah, um, um, but it's very clearly wrong-headed. Not, not, not to get too political, after <laughs> having gotten quite political, I, I I think I was talking in quite in in Impartily. impartial terms um um about the kind of phenomena of 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 these things, but but yeah. but there are probably a lot of people, yeah on on the um uh on the quite kind of illiberal um uh, democracy are um um kind of under. Undemocratic liberalism, kind of uh, uh, side, who would see, um, who would see themselves as 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 somehow like identifying with V, with V, yeah. yeah.
0: Well, that's that's the thing. But anyway, we'll we'll sort of jump into the spoiler zone now and talk about the movie in a bit more depth.
1: Okay, <laughs> <laughs> spoiler zone. So,
0: Andrew, what is V for Vendetta about for you?
1: For me it's about people versus their governments but like the the movie is very clear about what it's about for <laughs> for for a start it's, it's quite like on the nose yeah. there's no there's no real kind of uh, difficulty in gleaning it. It's 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 about like it, 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 It's
0: it, dovetailed with two gigantic terrorist attacks, yeah. dismantling the government for the freedom of the people.
1: So there's there's um, justice, uh, fairness, equality. These sorts of um, values and these words that um, uh, that are powerful, but they're also um, perspectives. That can become lost. And what's happened in this movie is they've been overtaken by fear, by uh, fear of, of of other people, from from other religions, um, from other nations, fr- from as other well. nations, of other people of other sexuality. Yeah. It's a it it's it's a kind of a familiar tale of of a certain kind of a populism where 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 people become very concerned with their with their own um, security and about protecting themselves. From um, who they see as the enemies and the, the the
0: and how when you do that you render yourself complicit as well yeah, like there's and a it... really great point in this very early on during these little monologue when he talks about complicity in this and he talks about how you know while he will hold the people to account who are most directly responsible, you know if you're looking for the guilty, you need only look in the mirror. I know why you did it, I know you were afraid, who wouldn't be war, terror, disease. And, and basically like looking at the idea that everybody who exists in a system like that is inherently complicit. In it.
1: Yeah, because like we, we live, um, we in Ireland, we live in, 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 in a democracy and we're kind of lucky in some ways not to have, um, I suppose I've had this argument with people. I feel I feel we're doing quite well
2: yeah relatively um, speaking they, they, like
1: uh, we have our problems in Ireland um uh, with the healthcare system and with the ho- with uh, homelessness especially um at the moment um uh but there we what what we don't have so much is this worrying Rise of the um uh the
0: right, the political extreme right,
1: yeah. Nor 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 do we have a a a, a particular issue with polarization. We, we've we've seen we've seen a rise in 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 um in what you could term um the far left, but uh, they're they're um it's a kind of um people before oh, uh, profit sort uh, of thing. uh profit, but what you haven't seen. Is the worrying kind of uh, trend on the other side of the spectrum, and in in their in their defence, I wouldn't be one of their supporters, but I think I think I think maybe one of the parties that 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 have saved us for that is uh, from from that is Sinn Fein, because the nationalists in this country have a party, and yet they've. Um, um,
0: they've proven themselves surprisingly progressive on a number of points. Like exactly. Is, so they
1: they they tend to attract the kind of voters who who who, who would be
0: siphoned off into a yeah. more right wing, old fashioned, traditionalist Ireland sort of party.
1: Yeah, and they but but they've always kind of held these very kind of uh, revolutionary um, ideas. Um, they're, like they're they're, they're
0: openly uh, sort of a. I think was it. um was it one discussion I was at where somebody said they're not just Marxists, they're provo Marxists Uh, (laughs) may have been a summary that I, I I received of Sinn Féin's politics during a heated college argument.
1: Yeah. And, and, and and some of the, some of the dissent within the party has been kind of uh, people, um, people who are, who are, who are more conservative on, on, on social issues. But I think the party as a whole um, on social issues has been actually more um, conspicuously progressive than some of the other some of the uh, ma- larger uh, parties yeah. um, in Ireland with a, with, a, with a few kind of um, important exceptions and um, certain personnel. Because yeah. while, while these parties all have their official positions, when it comes to a local level, not all those politicians are willing to stick their head out. Yeah. And say I fully support the party's position yeah, on yeah. abortion, for example, exactly. or gay
0: marriage. To pick two recent examples in British in yeah. politics. So, no. the, the, the,
1: the, but, but in, in, in a lot of other countries, um, uh, perhaps too many to mention, yeah. um, you have um, this rise to the extent that they're a part of the conversation, if not dominating. Yeah the um political sphere the political sphere i
0: mean the united states the united kingdom poland hungary brazil any number of other places yeah as well.
1: um austria um oh, yeah. you have um rise the of Germany, uh, the far right in and in sweden yeah. um in france of course is not new yeah um but it's still um a and the question is I suppose the question is, I mean, we're getting very political about it, but but well, I mean, it's a the, movie. Yeah, the the question in France is: Yes, Macron won the last um, election, but will will there will there be will will like it, that was that was kind of like an, a movement to get Macron in power? Will that movement still exist? after um everything uh, that's after happened. his well yeah after after gi Jean yeah. but but after macron yeah. so like i the the the, oh, the personality
0: opposed to the politics
1: yeah but but like he very technocratic um and has a kind of like a, a trusted circle um in 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 the Lycée, um and a project as well this isn't a um I don't f- feel like it's 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 a lasting kind of um, direction uh, for France politically. Yeah, but the, but the, but that 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 it was most certainly a movement and a project yeah. that has a, a a beginning has achieved some of its aims and, and will originate. and um and, and will then then end. But the effect it's had on the establishment in France, um, I wonder. I wonder. Yeah. Anyway, that, that's that, that's. That's just a kind of a question because it was it was it was kind of up to um, up to him to to defeat the far right the last time around.
0: Yeah. To get back to talking about V Vendetta, it's kind of interesting because you mentioned it. We have to. Do you
1: have
0: to <laughs> do we really have to. Let's talk about politics for an hour and a half. But I mean, the thing oh, that's
1: God, people are going to hate this. <laughs> um, <laughs> Maybe but, people will like us. Yeah. I don't know
0: um well who i mean cares? Yeah, it's who cares what the listeners do, want yeah, it's our podcast and we can do what we want but the um the thing with with v for is that it was written in the context of the bush presidency it's undeniably about the bush presidency podcasts
1: shouldn't be worried about their listeners, <laughs> listeners should be worried about their
0: podcasts um i think we got that that's, that's the message we took from the film um but
1: we should be worried about our listeners <laughs> listeners
0: yeah but um Yes, V very much written in the context of the Bush administration, you see a lot of it there, in terms of even stuff as simple as the relationship between, you know, the Chancellor and the Vice-Chancellor within the regime, where the Chancellor is just the face and the Vice-Chancellor is the one who has all the power, like a certain vice president who may have been the subject of a recent biography film but even things like for example the terrorist attack that sparked this uh, yeah. which again is, is, is a change made from the comic book in the comic book it's a response to nuclear war here it's a biological attack which is a very 2000s fear but the idea that it's a false flag which is also something that was not mentioned in, in the comic book because obviously it's harder to do a false flag nuclear attack uh, as you might imagine
1: I, it's funny actually um, maybe I'm insane but in two thousand and twelve, I, I was living in London during the um, during the Olympics, and I was genuinely worried. There was there 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 uh, there was a a, a crazy um, wild, um, uh, rumor, or uh, kind of conspiracy theory. That uh, that there was going to be a a a, a nuclear attack. Um, okay. At, wow. At, uh, at the, I wonder if when you go looking for <laughs> stuff in <laughs> to put in your <laughs> show notes, notes, will there be anything? <laughs> but I remember at the time thinking, kind of, um, oh, like like maybe this is not beyond the realms of possibility. This is like the 2012 Olympics in... In, in London. In London. I, I, was, I was so kind of... um, um Like, I I was never anywhere near the Olympics. I don't think I... I think it was one of the few times I watched no Olympics events whatsoever. <laughs>
0: For fear that if you did, that would be the one with <laughs> yeah, the nuclear bomb. And I was in
1: London at the time. <laughs> um but I was thinking, like, well, I'm I'm safe enough from like most uh, bombs and that sort of thing. And by the way, there were there were there were there were bombs at the um, wasn't this um, uh, the um, at the same time as the um, gun attack in in Paris? Wasn't there also yes, a there football bombs. game yeah. on? Yeah, yeah,
0: there were bombs as well during yeah.
1: yeah. Um, so like none none, none 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 of this stuff was too outlandish, but I, I somehow got it in my head that like it's likely that, 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 that like something terrible like this happens like quite often, very fairly somewhere right. in the world, yeah. right? Um, and I thought so that's tragic enough, and it, it's 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 tragic enough to live in a city when something like that happens. What are the chances that it's going to a, a, a affect someone? Like I, I, I was trying to think if something like this happens, how how close am I going to be to it? Because yeah. it's always this thing in 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 this day and age where it's like so and so, you're the person you know in in the city has marked themselves safe yeah after the this is like a, yeah, you get a, a text message from som- yeah you
0: get a text message or something from somebody yeah. within in a city where something horrible has happened to let you know that they're okay yeah that's an experience a lot of people can relate to yeah, or you or
1: contact somebody to make you know, sure that they are yeah yeah so the, 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 this the, the there 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 were parts of this that felt very um uh real yeah. um and yeah that's a, just a kind of reality but it's very kind of like Naughties and um um i guess the teens as well sort of uh, experience in the last kind of 19 years or 18 years we've gotten used to that level of just this kind of reality yeah. yeah
0: and i mean it's kind of it is it is interesting i mean even stuff like the sequence in which evie is tortured is very much lifted from guantanamo bay and popular depictions of guantanamo bay um, little things like that for example that mark it as a product sort of of the time almost and it's kind of weird watching it where those parts exist and are very much a product of 2006 or 2005 very difficult
1: to talk about this movie without going on a tangent Ta- on isn't politics, it, it
0: is. yeah. and it's kind of weird to watch it and somehow feel like despite the fact that there's these aspects of it which are very specific to when it was made and there are these other aspects which are somehow even more relevant now yeah. Than when it was made so i mean stuff like the the movie's handling of islamophobia to the point where like dietrich has like a quran in his little black vault for example and the way in which like, you know the the mouth talks about how you know you, uh, you have muslims coming into the country and stuff like that that's again that's a fear that is you know was relevant in 2006 and is still relevant now and it's still something we're dealing with now but things more it... along the racial purity line. Of the of the film, like the Norse Fire Party. Like the, the think, fear of immigrants.
1: I think at that point we would have thought of um Is Islamophobia of be, be, being, being, being something um kind of of of, of the uh, maybe traditional far right. But now like I, I I think now my I I feel like a lot of kind of Islamophobia have be, has been, um, and while has been fueled, if not intended by um, by a, a, a lot of kind of agnostics and and, and atheists, as you like, at the like, rationalists, like, yeah, like like Dawkins, for example, or um,
0: um, Bill Maher, for example, in the States is very yeah. very fond of arguing from a an atheist perspective about these sorts of things, yeah. And I think I think you're right; it's an interesting sort of shift, but I mean. Watching it now, there's a lot more... It's the racism that stands out in particular. Uh, it's things like talking about the fear of immigration. The fact that when you watch the film... You know, obviously, it's it's very much... It's a Norse party. It's Norse fire, is what it's called. Which evokes that sort of Aryan fascination with Scandinavia. Yeah, and uh, Storm Nor- Saxon. Nor-
1: Nordic supremacy. Yeah,
0: and Storm Saxon, the TV show as well. But also even little things like the fact that the only people of colour you see in the entire film... Are in the concentration camp, to, to give an example.
1: And there, there's um one one member of a um well you you see you see, you you see people of color as well in the in the crowd at, at the, the end, end of the movie. Yeah. And it, it's But well, uh, that's
0: because they're representing the victims. In the they same do way represent v- yeah.
1: the because they they, they, they they had um, a gay couple well, yeah. um, taken away. Yeah. Um and 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 one of them was a, a, a person of color. Yeah earlier in the movie i think that's that's who yeah yeah
0: uh but i mean even even things like that for example is very much it's very much rooted in a sense that feels more relevant today than it would like if you said in 2006 that you'd be living in a world where like the leader of a major power is a very open white supremacist you know you would be like that's crazy like 10 12 years ago you'd be like there's no way that like a white supremacist would be the leader of the United States. I never States.
1: said I was a white supremacist.
0: Or or that the
1: leader... I never said I wasn't. <laughs> Very
0: fine people on both sides, Andrew. But I mean, you would also have like... Or that like the United Kingdom would have descended into this level of anarchy over immigration. Like over nothing more than immigration. Because that's what it seems... A lot of it seems to boil down to is this idea of people who are not like us coming over and being here. Like I would have... Like 12 years ago, I would have thought those things unlikely like i mean i would have been i would have thought they were a bit
1: cartoonish
0: as portrayed in this like, movie and now i'm like
1: well the things that are the things that are more likely now yeah, like it the, the some of the blowback <laughs> for um brexit like a united ireland for example yeah. <laughs> seems
0: like if a decade um, ago you'd said there's a the possibility of united ireland within our lifetime you would have said pull the other one there
1: yeah there 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 was there was a. Um,
0: I also like the casual racism against Irish people in this movie as yeah, well. Which yeah, yeah. Nice
1: um, uh, Stephen Rea's mother was Irish. Yeah, um, and oh, that's that's sort of yeah. That's and the... I'm always saying need more Stephen Rea in, in movies. Our lives. Yeah,
0: we, we do. There's also the bit where um, and again, this is a really wonderful thing because it's like remember in Black Mirror where the prime minister stuck his penis in a pick? and then that happened in real life. Yes. There's a moment here where the mouth, um, who is like this um, very sort of like gargantuan television personality who is very forceful and opinionated and wants to share his opinion with the world, <laughs> yeah. where he's on the phone talking about how that the when I arrive in the morning, the paddy will be gone. I'm looking at the tape right now and he has no idea how to light me. And I'm kind of imagining what are the odds that a famous British television personality would be caught ranting at an Irish film worker who had done something that he found objectionable um, it's very
1: Clarksonite oh it, it, what, what oh, was, was this did Clarkson punch somebody yes it was yeah. Irish and I oh think he, he actually, was <laughs> Irish I didn't even realise that all I, I, all I knew was, was that he had, had punched somebody
0: um, well we go to the fact machine and check that before we
1: uh, we. Uh, let's go to the fact machine research. so I can say what a what a break. <laughs> um, it, um, uh, sorry, the the um it's funny it's funny that I'll get my hackles up when when it, when it, yeah.
0: So yes, we're back from the fact machine. Clarkson called the top gear producer a lazy Irish and punched him.
1: Wow. Uh, like living living in the UK kind of like... Oh, no, no, no. Kind of
0: he, he called him a lazy Irish... I can say... vaudevillian Because I'm going to bleep it. He called... So he called see him See you
1: a... next Tuesday.
0: A lazy Irish see you next Tuesday before punching him. The producer required hospital treatment following the attack. Jeez. I bet the Paddy didn't know how to light him.
1: Yeah, the... the um... So I lived in the UK. Like... Um uh a few times um and the first time it really it really annoyed me um that and like i'm i'm not very um
2: uh, nationalist
1: like i would consider myself patriotic but 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 i i i wouldn't i wouldn't think of myself as as kind of um like i i'd I feel like there's something there can be something a little bit small and kind of limiting in 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 those sorts of ideas but when i was in the uk when when people don't get that you're the that, that you're not um part of their country or our empire or they're confused about what kind of status you have um i i, I it, it would it would just kind of it would make me really angry and um and actually, I think I preferred that the next time I was in the UK, there was a lot of kind of like anti-Irish kind of like uh, uh, jeering. And I was like, oh, thank God you realize I'm different. <laughs> Finally, <laughs> um, I'm being acknowledged. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You, you you, know that I'm not part of this country. That's good. <laughs> yeah. um, um, uh, no offense. No <laughs> offense. But, uh, but I mean,
0: um, yeah, and again, like it's interesting that this anti-Irish sentiment is portrayed in the film, and I would have been like, "No, the British are pretty cool with us being our own nation with a unique identity." I mean, lots
1: of them are. I know. To be clear, the thing is that that like they're 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 not they're not an homogenous group. Like yes, what, 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 what 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 a, what a, what of what a f- <laughs> one of my great friends uh the first time i met him in 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 london um uh <laughs> the first thing he did was apologize for his terrible treatment <laughs> of, oh. of, of 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 the irish it's like that harry enfield character <laughs> uh the 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 german kind of on the tour bus who says like those buildings, they're not there anymore. It's because of my country's terrible conduct in the war, and um, but yeah, it was it was it was essentially like that. It's like oh, yeah, um, I forgive you, yeah, on behalf of the Irish. People. Famine was very bad, <laughs> um, but at the same Sorry time, you have yeah, at uh, the same
0: time you have members of the British government recently, which are like you know that famine, <laughs>
1: <laughs> that was hilarious. Yeah. Like like it, it, the, like that's the thing is is that like it's the great thing about brexit is that it it's it's done away with a lot of the kind of uh, any any lingering sense of inferiority <laughs> <laughs> that 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 we had we it it makes us feel like 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 Britain were never really like fully committed to the to the european union um, project union um but they were a big country and a member of the european union now they're they're, they're um now 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 we're the um the the <laughs> europeans yeah. so like we're 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 part of the european union i and 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 like as as naive as that can 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 be and i know the eu is is far from from a perfect, perfect institution but you can change it when you're in it yeah uh versus <laughs> you can't when you're and the the, the the, but the thing the yeah the hilarious thing about when 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 they started talking about like um, what if there are food shortages in Ireland there will be food shortages in the UK I mean we shouldn't laugh about that sort of thing yeah. nobody is going to starve but and 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 uh, nobody's going to starve in Ireland as well we might be short a few Marks and Spencer's pre-packaged <laughs> meals. But I think we'll do fine. To we're fair, we're like, we're we're one of the most food secure nations <laughs> in, in the, the world. world, and and and, and, and have, the UK have to stockpile food yeah, in yep. preparation for, for Brexit.
0: Yeah, and you have uh, Pretty Patel, who is an MP, saying, "Well, if they don't negotiate with us, we'll just starve them again." Uh, which is, you know, kind of one of those great Britain really hasn't moved on that Priti far. Pretty
1: Patel's publicist <laughs> got in touch to say, <laughs> yeah, <what> she actually <laughs> meant was."
0: But yeah, it's kind of, it is interesting, though, how the movie has sort of aged in those, in in that
1: regard. And do you know what else they predicted? (laughs) Gogglebox.
0: With the audience watching television. Yeah,
1: a lot of this movie is watching people (laughs) watching television. Yeah. Um. Which works? Oh, and, and they predicted Black Mirror. Do you, you, you do you know what Black Mirror is? It's the it's 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 when, when your
0: phone is turned off and you can see your own face. In yeah,
1: the, the 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 moment where Jer- Jeremy Clarkson is killed. <laughs> he turns off the television and in his reflection, it. yeah, yeah of the television in um, the Black Mirror,
0: um, as it were. But I mean, like, what's interesting about this is the film was regarded at the time as being relatively controversial for obvious reasons, featuring the destruction of Parliament. Yeah, it was also discussed in Parliament because apparently the film got preferential access to the streets around Westminster for filming various scenes, and it's argued that how they got that was again they hired Euan Blair, who's Tony Blair's son, as a runner on the production, and apparently uh, <laughs> their their permits were rushed through according to Stephen Fry, which sparked a sort of a minor controversy within the UK. Stephen Fry famously appeared in this movie, I think you pointed this out, because when he got the script, he couldn't turn down the opportunity to be beaten to death on camera. That was apparently what got him to sign on to the project in the first place. It's like, I've never been beaten to death on camera before. It feels like one of those things that I should have done, so I'm going to do it, um, if, you, if you believe him about those sorts of things.
2: Wow. <laughs> it's,
0: a, it's a great bucket list
1: to have. But one of the things What else is on his bucket list? <laughs> things that probably i want probably not too many things. <laughs> I imagine if we got down that far. If, <laughs> yeah. Considering he hasn't been in like a, a, that, many a that many movies. No. Um but Maybe once... he wanted to play Oscar Wilde and get beaten <laughs> to death.
0: And it's like both of those done, baby. One of the interesting things about the film, and I'm kind of curious to get your perspective on this, because you are more of an old school sort of uh, liberal, sort of anarchist. You would you would have engaged more with anarchism yeah, than I, I would have.
1: How, how, however, I, I I've never I've never identified with the kind of violent um, revolutionary anarchism that that say a like a endorsed. Mikhail Bakunin. Might have espoused this the whole kind of like of the deed, yeah, and the the, 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 the st- destructive urge being a, a, also a creative urge. And he and, wrote that and before he was an anarchist, ideas. right? If I remember
0: correctly, uh, uh Bakunin, Bakunin, yeah,
1: I'm not certain, oh, okay, cool, uh, but he, 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 I I suppose, um, I it's been a while actually. I think a lot of what I discovered about Bakunin was through the the, the Francis Wien, um, uh, Karl Marx biography. Oh, cool. But, um, it's, um, I, I, like, I'll almost, there, there, there's a generous interpretation you can make of this movie that it, that, 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 it that, that it tells you, um, to, to apply some kind of nuance to it, that this isn't a literal kind of, um, Manifesto. Uh, yeah. Um, are kind of a description of what of of That's of, of, of yeah that that, 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 that several several sever, several times um, it's alluded to that the, the that the artist tells lies in order to tell the truth yeah whereas the government tells lies in order to to um, obscure the truth obscure the truth the the um, that that the point of this movie is um, is not that you should take up arms against the government but then again.
0: It looks really cool when you do it, and it does. It does.
1: Plus, there's is, there's is, there's is, there is also lines in this movie, um, that are very kind of, um, I suppose, at, at, um, attuned to the the um, um, like ideas of 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 the uh, kind of American is it the Second Amendment, like oh, the right to bear arms, yeah. And when, when St- Stephen Rea um, is asked, like, what does he think will happen yeah. if um, if all, all of these protesters actually do turn up yeah. um, at midnight at the parliament buildings? And he says, I I, I think what will happen is what, what often happens when people uh, without uh, guns, guns confront people, people with guns. Which is, yeah, a very yeah.
0: American sort of sentiment. It is worth noting, by the way, that, like, some of the changes that were made to the script and this is i'm going to quote from more uh in full because Moore didn't watch the film but he read the script he read the script and he he was content to be quiet up until the point where he was quoted as having endorsed the film at which point that seems to have ticked him off and he went sort of full full proper sort of uh critique on it as far as i'm concerned the two poles of politics were not left-wing or right-wing in fact They are just two ways of ordering an industrial society, and we're fast moving beyond the industrial societies of the 19th and 20th centuries. It seemed to me that the two more absolute extremes were anarchy and fascism. This was one of the things I objected to in the recent film, where it seems to be, from the script that I read, sort of recasting it as a current American neoconservatism versus American liberalism. There wasn't any mention of anarchy as far as I could see. The New York Metro Alliance of Anarchists protested the film, uh, they had a little protest ironically enough while wearing the mask from the films that they were protesting well
1: oh, yeah, uh, i I think I can appreciate that i mean the the the, the um because they they' they there there is this in way in ways it should be right up their streets um but uh, they they're they
0: well, I think I think that like that like that line about the guns and like the Second Amendment stuff that you're mentioning, this is a movie very much geared towards an American audience in a way that the comic book wasn't. The comic book was well, written by more of I mean, a I mean, commentary they, on that.
1: Like 19th and 20th century anar anarchists, um, kind of all all although there were a lot of um, although there were a lot of kind of wordy. Um, uh, uh, uh movements and and you could kind of like uh throw in um kind of some some of um, uh Gandhi's work in, in in India and um in the um Spanish Civil War some of the kind of collectivism there um but the the, the most well known um events were like the 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 murder of 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 uh McKinley and um of course the the, the um Archduke Ferdinand Ferdinand um, But there were a whole spate of yeah. them. Um the, the the these kind of um anarchist assassinations and terrorist um uh incidents. Yeah. Um caused by anarchists. So uh, like the, 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 it doesn't seem like Having guns and um, using them is something that's um, exclusive to American <laughs> conservatives, yeah. Um, yeah. who who want to protect the Constitution. Yeah, it's also something that 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 applies uh, more universally. Yeah,
0: it is also worth noting that again, another quote from Moore, who is full of fire. Actually, Moore is a when he's when he's on, he's on. There's a lot of sass there. Um, they don't know what British people have for breakfast. They couldn't be bothered. Eggie in a basket, apparently. Now, the U.S. have eggs in a basket, which is fried bread with a fried egg with a hole in the middle. I guess they thought we must eat that as well, and thought eggy in a basket was a quaint and old world version. And they decided the British Postal Service is called Fedco. They'll have thought something like, well, what's a British version of FedEx? How about Fedco? A friend of mine had to point out to them that the Fed in FedEx comes from Federal Express. America is a federal republic. Britain is not.
1: Well, did they change it, though?
0: No, it does say Fedco when they're walking with the... Does uh, it? Yeah, when they're delivering the masks. Those are all in Fedco um, boxes. Huh.
1: I thought it said British something.
0: I think it may have said British Fedco. But uh, it, it it's the logo that is very much modeled on the FedEx logo.
2: Huh. Hmm.
1: Okay.
0: Uh, but yeah, it's kind of... It is... But I think that there is something in that. in that I think that the Wachowskis and McChiernan were changing the film to comment McTeague? on... McTeague? Uh, McTeague, sorry. Uh, apologies. McTeague were changing the film to comment on America rather than the UK. Um, and that they were sort of using Britain as a way, the British setting as a way to say something about the Bush administration. Yeah.
1: And, and like, like I said, I, th- I, I think if you were being very generous, you could say that kind of, this is a message of, um, of resistance that's told in a, a in an exciting way. And it's not a, a, a blueprint for a violent revolution, but like, like, I believe you can you you can make quite a compelling movie um, about um, resistance without 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 um, having so yeah without endorsing all of this kind of comic book violence, which is all very cool and everything. I mean, but, have you but, seen those daggers move in slow motion with the speed trip effect? They're awesome. yeah um, and, and and there's also kind of but, but it's like lines in the movie
0: yeah. and
1: the, 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 he he said he's he, he has that line from macbeth where it's um i dare do all that, that may become a, a man. yeah
0: but there's the also the violence can be used for good i think he states at one point as well rather bluntly yeah um but i mean it is worth noting that like having read the comic myself the comic version of the
1: don't get me wrong violence is lots of fun
0: yeah it's great fun not sure it's a great way to restructure a society to be clear (laughs) no (laughs) genuine. but it's it's just not very enlightened I like I like (laughs) the idea that Bakunin was right it is an act of creation it's an an act of artwork it's beautiful
1: no 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 I I, I disagree with that I think destruction is destruction (laughs) um and 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 and, um and it's wrong but 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 this, this this is also by the way it it it's an argument that's very, um, that's very relevant now, um, as well because there, there's a culture war and I, I, I suppose um, it's difficult, I, I, I guess to to argue that that's at least, um, whether whether it's a thing, it's certainly understood as a thing um and that it goes beyond kind of um, arguments, um on kind of the internet or on campuses yeah um it's also a question political I, debate even. yeah it's also a question of is it okay to punch nazis yeah um and i i think generally the consensus at least among uh people my age that i know kind of online is that yes it is and i kind of i i i don't know how i feel about that i i've i've kind of I've've I've disagreed from time to time because to be honest I probably would Nazi. punch a Nazi <laughs> like if, if <laughs> given the slightest provocation and yet I don't know if it's right yeah
0: if it's a good thing to
1: to, do. to yeah or if if it like like because um well, they, they, like they, they,
2: if
1: yeah. Anyway, like it, it, it can sometimes happen in 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 our city that we'd overhear somebody shouting at somebody of color, and 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 I'm I'm kind of, um, I I, yeah. you know, I I yeah. I I feel like um re 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 reacting um against that person who isn't who isn't attacking somebody physically, but is. Um, attacking somebody verbally and uh, like it's it, and, and uh, whether 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 it's right or wrong it feels.
0: Good to want to do that. To want yeah. To punch that person. No, I I can empathise, which is probably a bit of a surprise to to people. Darren, the mealy mouth sort of very polite individual that I am, and it's interesting. I again, I haven't. Would thought, you say
1: sorry?
2: I <laughs> I'm doing
0: it. i say sorry before I do it. I'm really sorry. Bam, <laughs> right in the kisser. Um, yeah. But no, it would be like um, that's the thing is that I I have those same anxieties and uncertainties. I tend to consider that a less important question than some of the other stuff. In that I think it's you know, ideally you wouldn't be punching Nazis, but ideally Nazis wouldn't be marching. Um, so you know, I mean, I, I considered Nazis marching to be the bigger issue.
2: I uh, I
1: used to I think in again in London, um, I I would go into work and there like I worked on Trafalgar Square, so there, there were like I I had been at demonstrations. And I had observed demonstrations on my on, on my way into work when I wasn't uh, when 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 I wasn't working. I was able to go to some um, that I agreed in, um, but there would also be counter demonstrations generally. Um, and there was a kind of a free Palestine demonstration in Trafalgar Square, and the the EDL, who are the English Defence League. Oh. Um, ha- had staged a counter demonstration, and they're accorded into like a little kind of um, triangle of 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 maybe like seven or eight entred. people. Yeah. Um, and my delight was that because like the police had them in a pen. <laughs> um, my delight was kind of like walking past them on the way to work and just like giving them the the. Wankers, yes, <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, sh- sh- shaking your open, face kind of like <laughs> up and down, and it's like um, uh, that, that. That was always like so much fun, and I, like um, I, but if if presumably if that had been a situation where there weren't police there, and there was a demonstration that I was a member of and a counter demonstration open um uh of 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 the edL what is going to happen yeah they're going to attack us we're g- going to I mean the choice is either defend yourself or don't defend yeah. yourself um I think defend yourself is the reason. defend uh I mean I mean the difficulty is that I've kind of like gone forward and back with yeah. this sort of thing because I i have I've, I've had situations like in 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 my teens, where somebody has wanted to fight me, and I've just let them punch me in the face, and then it said like, um, "Like, so, are you done?"
0: I also did something like that. Yeah,
1: and uh, the and and then again, I've had I've had situations where of of of. Of the fan um, of myself quite a bit. Perhaps
0: a bit. yeah More than I more than was really necessary, but yeah. Well, then, no, no, I mean, I, like...
1: Yeah, I, yeah. Where, where, Where I've certainly not um, let somebody punch me. <laughs> um,
0: um, it, it, one Again, another moment in the film that's arguably aged remarkably well is the, dis- the scene in which Finch is talking about what's going to happen when his partner asks him what he thinks is going to happen, and he says somebody will do something stupid and you get a scene in which a police officer shoots yes. a young woman who's just doing graffiti. She's holding the little can and she's shot through the heart by this police officer which leads to this massive sprawling civil demonstration which again feels like if it were done today would feel almost heavy handed as a commentary on things like obviously Ferguson and, and like movements
1: like that. <sighs> oh, but it, 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 it's, it's, it's stuff um, that was closer to the time like the the um, the shooting in um in London of a um I believe it was a, oh, a uh, this, yeah he's yeah, a, a Brazilian gentleman yes who i believed it um, we might have to consult the fact machine I I, I, I I think if we're going to mention him we should probably say his name yeah. all right so let us go to the
0: fact machine and we'll be back in a moment
1: so jean charles uh, de silva e de Menezes um so he 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 was a brazilian man who was killed by officers of the london met um uh, after he's wrongly deemed to be one of the fugitives involved in the previous days failed bombing attempts um of course he wasn't um he was shot in the head um this was following the 7th of july um attacks um
0: which had caused the delay of the film as well so obviously would have been a major influence on the minds of the people making it.
1: Yeah. My understanding was that he had run because he uh didn't have a work permit, but oh yeah. Foreign Secretary Jack Straw stated that he believed Menezes was living in the UK illegally, but had no precise information to confirm this. Um yeah but
0: watching it today again it's hard to get the image of again of those that's
1: like, what I thought of when I saw it yeah. and I didn't really didn't feel like it was too outlandish
0: yeah it feels perfectly reasonable and perfectly sort of like it feels like something that would happen and it feels and, uh, like
1: Fer- Ferguson is perhaps a bad example because it, it was uh, it, like that wasn't the government or that wasn't the a...
0: yeah that was just local law enforcement um, which was again, well,
1: yeah maybe, maybe maybe it is a good example
0: but I mean, there is also like worth talking about in terms of the characterization of V. And this ties back to, I think, what you were saying about the presentation of violence in the film. Yeah. In the original comic book, of which I've read, um, I'm a, I am like it a lot. It's not as good as Moore's best work, so it's not as good as Watchmen, for right. example, or The League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. But in it, um, the character of V is portrayed as a sort of... Um, as a more ambiguous figure. A more... He's treated with a bit more cynicism. He's portrayed as a bit more of a unstable individual who is unreliable, who is violent to an extent that is not necessarily necessary, and who is acting very much in his own interests as much as in a philosophical interest in the, the sort of the uh, you know the, the idea of like empowering the people. Well, the film on the other hand seems a lot more comfortable with V.
1: I mean yes and no. Because because it's not it's not enough that V is uh, an ideologue. He's also um, mostly um, inspired by revenge. The people he's well, targeting, the yeah. they the um,
0: the people he's initially targeting?
1: This is this this is the Greek uh, titan Nemesis. I recently, the, the um I was I was I was um or I suppose vengeance. Yeah, yeah. Um the the, the he's tar- he's targeting the people who the the people who made him who he is, which is a monster. Yeah. The monstrosities that they and I I I suppose there's something maybe um instructive um about that. What happens when you have these um kind of repressive um monstrous regimes they they um i think V says for for each action there is a equal and opposite reaction
0: and he is that reaction basically to that but i mean like there's little things like for example the sequence the extended sequence again it plays out in the comic book where he kidnaps evie and he puts her through torture um, and there's like the comic book portrays this as something that is openly psychological manipulation. He's breaking her in order to create a sense of Stockholm Syndrome and dependency. The film, on the other hand, waits for... and I, I ador- This line is one of the greats. I know you may never forgive me. <laughs> yes. Nor will you understand how hard it was for me. Every day I saw myself in myself. Everything you see in me now. Every day I wanted to end it. But each time you refused to give in, I knew that I couldn't. Which is one of those great, why did you make me torture you arguments. It's like,
1: have you thought about my... He I wish there'd been an easier way to achieve (laughs) my (laughs) end. Yeah. Have um, you thought about how I felt during your torture? At least, uh, like, um, Evie... By the way, uh, Natalie Portman is fantastic in this. Her, uh, like... um, her in that scene after the um the 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 torture but and and but earlier in 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 the movie and she's also kind of good in these sorts of um surreal kind of tender moments as well yeah. um like but they're they're watching uh the count of monte cristo and she uh, she asks kind of like uh does it have a happy ending it says as as only celluloid can deliver yeah um and and uh they finished watching the movie and, and and she was like I don't know if I like this cuz um it seemed like he cared more about vengeance than he did about her and that's very much the the, the movie that we're watching at yeah. the moment cuz the the, the the um he wants to kind of like um um I mean there 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 is a kind of a turn I guess, but that's after he's he's radicalized her. Yeah, because um, he says like, um, well, yeah, it, it, it's 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 that kind of um, twisted. Um, Why
0: did you make me hurt you?
1: Yeah, but later later on, when when he says um, kind of, it's now your choice because it's your. It's your future. I, I, I'm not going to make this thing happen. I am going to let you, who I indoctrinated, decide. Yeah. You, so you are, you are free. Yeah. <laughs> you are
0: free because I have shaped you in my image yeah. and forced you to see the world as I see it and ensure that you will most likely make the same decisions that I would. So make your decision, uh, whatever it may be. It's probably the one that I would make. Yeah. And the film sort of has this really weird, romanticized depiction of V where he doesn't seem... Because, I mean, in in the comic book, he seems genuinely monstrous. Because in the comic book, there's a sense that Moore is playing with the convention of the superhero story. Like he did with Miracle Man. He's basically saying, well, you know that the superhero power fantasy. Which is the idea that, you know, if somebody is dashing and sort of has the the will to power to change the world around them. Like Batman, for example... Or like Green Lantern or like Superman, if they have the strength to do that, um, then the question is, what happens if you apply that politically? So like V in the comic book seems like Alan Moore asking, well, what if Batman were an anarchist? Wouldn't that be kind of terrifying? Well, he probably wouldn't have all the money, but still, aside from that. But it's very much, it's this idea of questioning the power of fantasy that underlines superhero films and Sorry, superhero comics at the time and later superhero films where it's like this is kind of scary. It's kind of scary to imagine somebody who is that clever and that resourceful yeah. and that willing to pervert social norms or to ignore social norms in service of what they deem to be a worthy objective. That's pretty much what a terrorist does. Um, but he's he's wearing a mask, he has a cape and he sort of has like this V logo which is like a superhero thing. Whereas the film seems to be more earnest in its portrayal of V as a superhero. Where, and again, this is the thing where as you point out the coolness of the slow motion shots. Like, I mean, whatever the film says, those shots will still look cool. V will still always look really impressive when he does all that cool stuff. Yeah,
1: and let 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 us pour one out for a moment for those <laughs> who are just following orders.
0: And <laughs> <I> got brutally, <laughs> brutally murdered by him.
1: But that's um, the thing: is uh, it doesn't matter if they're just following orders. They're you still know, complicit because they're Nazis, yeah, right?
0: They're still complicit. Yeah.
1: Um, and it I mean, does feel wrong though to to see like all these kind of like police. Getting kind of uh, not
0: even the police, like the, the guys who work at the at the studio, presumably, like the ones he dresses up in his V mask and like charges one of them down the hall to get shot by the police. That dude was probably like a janitor. He was probably shot like so many the floor.
1: times in the legs. Yeah. Was that was that intended to kind of make you think like, It's okay. No one innocent was shot in the face. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, <laughs> also they we're just crippled. Yeah, for life. Yeah. Um,
0: and I mean like this is the thing by the way do you know how they make those fight scenes look as cool as they do Um <laughs> lots and lots of CGI. Wachowskis no, no.
1: Uh
0: yeah, the Wachowskis are a huge part of it, but the way that they did it was they shot the um they shoot the scenes in half time and all the stunt doubles who aren't V move at like one and a half speed and V moves at regular speed. Ah. And then they obviously crank it up to regular speed so V moves twice as fast. So
1: they 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 get they get um, stunt double so like uh, they 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 get stunt actors who are made of feathers, <laughs> so, so that when V punches them, it will <laughs> slowly. Sort of but I, but actually, like that's uh, that's being shot like <laughs> at a super slow speed. speed yeah. yeah. It's
0: really awkward. That v takes a cigarette break while they're flying through midair. Um, interestingly enough, four actors played V over the course of the film. Uh, Hugo Weaving was one of them. James Purfoy, the actor, he famously signed up to play V and quit after four weeks because he couldn't. He felt like he couldn't articulate through the uh, through the mask. And some of the footage have to. Well, I mean, yeah. Um,
1: when when when, when <laughs> you kinda of uh Darth Vader, it's just like I'm kinda of worried that, that that some of this uh stuff isn't gonna sound very good on the movie and um no, that's not what he sounded like. He was a Scottish gentleman and he did sound terrible. But some of that might have been a mask. Yeah. But also um, he might not have sounded great. I don't know. But uh, I,
0: lo- I love that James Purfoy was like, I can't be heard through the mask. I quit. And uh, Hugo Weaving was like, I can't be heard through the mask. But don't worry. That's why ADR exists. Yeah. Um, so I can record it afterwards. Also, the two stunt doubles who duplicate, because obviously um, the Purfoy, the, Perfoy, the f- scenes that were shot with Purfoy, the film was shot on 30- for $36 million, which is a relatively low budget. It was shot, I think, in about 30 days, which is a relatively short amount of time. And to do that, they also they use some of Perfil's footage in the film itself. They also use the stunt doubles, and the stunt double for Hugo Weaving, I believe, is David Leach, who you may know as the director of John Wick and John Wick Chapter Two. Oh wow! Because uh, obviously they were all stuntmen before they started directing.
1: Yeah, I the, um, I hope that the, the, the stuntman who landed on his head <laughs> in a fight scene got a suitable amount of hazard pay yeah because yeah, yeah. that Laughed couldn't have at- been intended <laughs> yeah. like there's a guy who gets knocked up in the air and falls on his neck it's it's pretty horrendous like yeah. I hope that guy is okay <laughs> did it make the film did <laughs> yeah. it make it? um
0: but yeah before before we sort of talk, it's worth noting by the way is so Yugo weaving is great here. Hugo weaving is great in general, but he's pretty great here in terms of like playing a character without showing his face at all. Now you can see it sometimes in silhouette. It's very obvious it's him, for example, when he meets um, Steven Rhea at the sort of memorial. It's very clearly yeah, Hugo like, weaving under a lot of makeup.
1: That guy, right? He has no face. Yeah. Yeah. He's no eyes. Yeah. He. <laughs> <laughs> remember the thing that you said was like my favorite thing in the world <laughs> he no penis as
0: <laughs> yes, we noticed in silhouette yeah that shot of him in silhouette wouldn't
1: you
2: be mad by the, the way you? Yeah, <laughs> kind you? Of,
1: um, uh, I kind of I object to that characterization of me <laughs> it might be slightly misleading <laughs> but that's okay like it's fine but uh,
0: uh, um, i little- <laughs> I love, he, I love the idea that... a I love the idea that Andrew's like, you see, oh, you all see, his motivations make sense now. You see, he's
1: <laughs> like naked... Shaking in his ...in the fist. fire, like... Going, <laughs> My um, penis
0: is missing. Um, yeah.
1: He's...
0: Wouldn't it... Andrew, answer this honestly. Wouldn't that make you want to engage on a rip-roaring rampage of revenge? I realize that's an aura rather than a V, so a violent velocity... Uh, <laughs> verifiable...
1: Uh, what do you say is like a genuine Ken doll. It's weird, like because there's texture
0: there. Yeah, it's, you know, it's not like he's wearing underwear.
1: No, the, he he has like just just a thigh. fupa <laughs> where where his penis should be or like uh, uh, who's who's to say whether a penis should be there <laughs> um, whatever should be whatever there whatever should be, yeah yeah generally with human beings <laughs> there there's some sort of like um a, a, a general either like protrusion <laughs> or, <laughs> Thank you, Andrew. Or whatever it is that women have. <laughs> um, and
0: this is why we have guests on to talk about the important issues. Um, actually, this is an interesting sort of point uh, because the Wachowski... Is I'm, I'm really glad. Well, because uh, it does, it provides a nice segue into talking about one of the interesting themes of the film, which is the, the Wachowski's sort of siblings, which are um, Lana and Lily now. Um, they were, when they made the film, they were Larry and Andy. Uh, right. And looking at their films going back, there's a lot of transgender themes that we read into their work. It's most explicit with their recent work, like, say, Cloud Atlas, for example, or even if you want to pick, like, uh, Sense8. You're a big fan, aren't you? I am actually I haven't a very, seen I'm it. a very huge fan of Cloud Atlas. Um, but one of the things is that, like, going back, people have sort of read into their work. So their film, their early film, like, Bound, for example, uh, which is a low-budget sort of... Um, it's a kind of a... It's a lesbian film with Joe Pantoliano and Gina Gershwin in there as well. Uh, but even the matrix which is very much about your body not really being your body and waking up and having a consciousness that is quite different from your body as it actually physically exists and the reading of transgender themes into that and the idea of awakening and how that changes yourself. image
2: is that a
1: stretch or is that something they talk about
0: uh they haven't talked about they're very very private about it understandably um
1: I mean like this is I the mean they uh, they can be trans and, and make movies
0: that are not exploring those particular themes explicitly yeah. now to be fair they have talked about like Sensate obviously being and Sensate is very explicitly whereas the theme of like body swap, body changing um, it's it's more it recurs in their work but outside the context of things like Sensate
1: because like a, 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 a lot of the horror movies that I've pitched to you
0: involve bodies how, transitioning yeah. and changing and but there is this sort of, um, there is this recurring theme within there about identity and particularly about like w- people's essence and the appearance that they project into the world. Um, so, for example, and particularly like there's a lot of emphasis on homosexuality um, in particular in the film. Now, there were elements of that, obviously, in Moore's it's quite a bit text, in
1: this, yeah. But
0: Dietrich, for example, Dietrich in uh, Moore's original text was a gangster who took Evie in and slept with her. Uh, whereas in this version of the film, he's Stephen Fry, who is a closeted um, gay television comedy variety show presenter.
1: Um, well, Stephen Fry isn't. <laughs> no, <Stephen> Fry is <laughs> a closeted. Dietrich. Yeah, yeah.
0: Uh, Dietrich is sorry, but um, but and, even... and, and
1: the, I loved as well that, that, that like the, this is this is pre-Saxgate. Um, uh, um, Which is Saxgate? Sorry. Uh, the are is, is, is it was wasn't that what it was called? The um, Jonathan Ross and oh um, yes Andrew and and, Russell Brand and Russell Brand uh, calling and leaving messages on uh, Andrew Sachs's voicemail because before before that I mean Dietrich could say um oh it's it's uh it's a no big deal they'll probably like <laughs> slap me on the wrist it's not like they have any standards of, of what sort of uh, thing can be uh broadcast be on, 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 on on the national kind of like oh there's not yeah. there there's hardly going to be any fuss over this at all yeah, yeah. now people have to fill out forms <laughs> if, if if they're going to kind of um uh broadcast content on <laughs> on on the BBC. Um yeah, they can't just um The BTN is a much they more like. liberal broadcast. They they, 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 they they have to explain what this segment is going to be and it's like well basically it's going to be even like Benny Hill sort of satirical sketch about the Grand Chancellor and who's going to have him running around and um, and they're going to shoot him at the end and it's going to be delightful
0: <laughs> That's a very good Stephen Fry or Stephen Fry's producer um, <laughs> is, is this? Um, I, I like the casting of John Hurt by the way as an inside joke there having Hurt obviously been in 1984 yeah, um, and now being cast in the role of what is effectively Big Brother here yeah. Um, but one of the interesting things about the film is this
1: and he's got those yellow British teeth. <laughs> um, <laughs> yes. the, the Americans they, they 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 got a lot of things wrong. <laughs> but something they, really right. they got dental yeah. hygiene they got very very
0: right. But the issue is that like so but back to the the point which is that there's a lot
1: <laughs> yes, No, no, but
0: there's there's a very there's strong a fascination in the film with the idea of like the closet and in particular the idea of people who are forced to live in identities that are not necessarily their own um, and are trying to adopt identities that are not necessarily what they were born into or their social functions are, but that express their true identities. There's a moment where V says, for example, to Evie, there is a face beneath this mask, but it's not me. I am no more that face than I am the muscles beneath it or the bones beneath them, for example. Hmm. There's the moment where, you know, Evie, who has been transformed by her experiences with V, talks about how one day I was at a market and a friend, someone I'd worked with at the BTN, got in line behind me. I was so nervous that when the cashier asked me for money, I dropped it. My friend picked it up and handed it to me. She looked me right in the eyes and didn't recognize me. Um, There's the moment where, for example the The character played by Stephen Fry, who is Dietrich, talks about how you know you wear a mask for so long you forget what you are beneath it. Yeah, and this sort of idea that runs through the film of like being who you are, being what you choose to be, and what you choose to put out into the world. The idea that V's mask is as much who he is it's an, as, a,
1: an idea. Yeah. Well, I mean, the, is it, it, yeah. that, they, that the these things are kind of um constructed or um yeah. uh uh conceptual but the, but that they might represent a truer reality yeah. than 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 the kind of uh physical makeup
0: yeah but that, and that v himself gets to define that yeah um rather than somebody else defining it for him he's not the the face that he was born with he's not the scars that were inflicted upon him at larkhill he's the mask that he has chosen to represent who he is and that's contrasted with Dietrich. Like, I mean, there's this mirroring that happens throughout the film. Like, for example, and I mean, like, Evie even pointed out when she's living with Dietrich, Dietrich cooks her the exact same breakfast that V cooked for her. Um, Dietrich is playing music by the same composer that she was listening to, that V was listening to while he was cooking. The sequence I mean, of shots... I, I,
1: I, I was, uh Tchaikovsky was gay, wasn't he? I don't know, actually. Do we need we to go don't... to the fact machine? Go to the fact machine and check? We may not be able to establish this. We can out him now if he is, right? <laughs> <laughs> It'd be like the P- Perez Hilton of um.
0: Yeah, he was. Of horrible people. The, <laughs> and we're back on the fact machine. Tchaikovsky was actually, he was gay, and in fact the, the state censor tried to hide uh, his sexuality as well, uh, which is, you know, Again, very much the existence of the closet and the idea of sort of society trying to impose an identity on somebody that doesn't, doesn't quite, you know, that doesn't reflect who they are underneath at all. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, even, even like, so you have this mirroring of V repeatedly with these characters who are gay, who are like a member of the, the queer community, the LGBT community, for example. He's married with Dietrich, but he's also mirrored with the, the film star, for example. Who lived, yes. who lived her life with her partner in that he's the one who passed the note in and he passed it as it was given from him, he gives it to Evie as yeah, well. And, 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 and,
1: adopts, and adopts her, her scarlet roses yeah. as well.
0: And like, so there is this sort of sense that V is in some way a kind of a queer icon in the film when you're watching it. That he's sort of, his experiences are channeled through that. And I mean, like, Moore has complained about... And he, he, he
1: is he is britain yeah or he is the he he is all of the victims in yeah. the same way that they um they are all um they are all him yeah like he he his 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 identity isn't um isn't something kind of singular um and then and then be, 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 because he's a kind of like absorbed all of these um People's uh, stories and their cause. Um, he then can transfer that to 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 a multitude. Because yeah. he's not the he's not uh, <laughs> what is it? Um, um, uh, <laughs> from um, um, a symbol. <laughs> <laughs>
0: As a man, I can be destroyed. As a symbol, I'm incorruptible. Yeah, which again is around the same time by the way Batman Begins was out in 2006 really? as well so you have this sort of profusion of uh, this idea of myth making sort of happening in American superhero cinema because I think this is in some ways a superhero film in fact in borrowing the visual language and stuff like that but I just I find it sort of I find that aspect of the film sort of fascinating and I mean maybe you're right it is perhaps reductive to try and read the Wachowski's work through that prism uh, but I think that that it does hold true to a certain extent. I think there's a very conscious effort there within that um, to sort of like I think that they're getting at that.
1: I mean, we wouldn't be looking for yeah. certainly if 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 we didn't know these biographical that, uh, facts about. Um, uh, but but per, perhaps these sorts of um, things worth... do inform. Well, it is worth noting that these discussions
0: were had before the the si- the sisters came out. Yeah. Um, like there oh. was, there was some discussion around. I think that it was at the premiere of the film that um, Lana, um, Larry, um, as as she was at the time, was uh, sort of came out with her with her lesbian lover. Yeah, um, but she was still known as Larry at the time. That sort of thing. Um, but it was not openly known. It was not openly discussed, and there was not. A sense of it being something that was known it's also worth noting by the way that uh, Moore's original pitch for V for Vendetta began as a screenplay that he entered in a competition at the age of 22 which would have featured the doll who was he described a transsexual terrorist it would have been a transgender woman who was wearing white stage makeup with red dots on it and it was actually David Lloyd who convinced Moore that he should wear the Guy Fawkes mask instead Right. Uh, Lloyd came up with the idea of the visual motif of the Guy Fawkes management. Um it's worth noting by the way how much of the film is <clears throat> despite the changes that we've noted to the adaptation of Moore's work a lot of the film is carried over directly in particular like the wonderful line from the, the actress in the or the actor in the concentration camp where she explains that you know for three years I had roses and apologised to no one which is an absolutely beautiful line but that's lifted verbatim from Moore's uh, script also worth noting is that even things like the sequence in which Finch pieces together what V's doing. Now, in the comic book,
1: by the way, great kind of um, detective um, subplot. Yeah. In this, um, which um, Stephen Rhea as Finch as as Finch, and 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 it, wor- it, it works kind of well as a a mode of of, of exposition. Yeah. Because there's a certain amount that um, that V is is able to explain him himself, or in the in the most kind of nakedly expository uh, part of the movie, to Finch. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> While wearing a disguise of an old man, I mean, like there's like Finch is Finch is a great character because Ray a great actor, but I really feel sorry for Rupert <coughs> Graves playing Dominic, whose primary job is to exist in scenes with Stephen Ray going. But wait, what, really? <laughs> <laughs> you think this is what's happening?
1: But what about?
0: Um, and so on and so forth. It's a kind of a thankless job.
1: Yeah, and uh Stephen Ray is like, um uh what what would you say if I if I asked you? It's like, well like I mean I guess, like, I, w- I would just kind of, you know, give you back, kind of, um what what sort of energy I'm, <laughs> I'm getting from you? Together. Yeah, yeah. Like, like I feel like um, I'm, I'm yeah, yeah, yeah. Did, um, Work well together. We kind of like off. I, I, like I'm, I'm kind of toning down my um, my energy. Just choices to you a yourself. bit yeah. to kind of um, like I'm the straight man here, and yeah. <laughs> you're, you're the one who hasn't had any sleep. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't want to interfere with that yeah um, yeah you're 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 the creative genius and, and I'm I'm your I'm, foil I'm
0: the Salieri to your Mozart here <laughs> um, I'm ah. just happy to be solving cases Stephen um, Rea like uh, Rea's great
1: is he great in Black 47 I haven't seen that he's
0: great in Black 47 he just actually ruined my what was going to be my recommendation at the end of the podcast for people that want a bit more you go Weaving Stephen Rea and Raya in their lives. but we'll get to that
1: in a moment okay he's
0: very very good in it. but Rea's one, one of those you actors you can still who,
1: recommend That at the end.
0: Ray is one of those actors who doesn't work as much as and again, this is the thing, I get the sense of choice from him. I get the sense that he only does things that actually interest him as an actor. And he's talked about this. He's talked about how he wouldn't have done V for Vendetta if it were just another stupid comic book movie. Yeah. It was the politics of the script that sort of interested him, the big ideas. And he's really, really good. And it's kind of it's this wonderful thing where he's. It's a very buttoned down performance in a movie that is never particularly buttoned down it's a there's a lot going on there in terms of like the sequences where he's in the meetings with sumner on the giant screen where he's he can't from the beginning he's wary yeah but he can't express that wariness. no he has a lot of he's a lot of like he's sort of beaten down by it yeah and he's sort of he's obviously complicit it's very clear that he wants to catch v it's very clear that he wants to arrest V, even as he has his doubts about the system. Even after he articulates his doubts to, you know, to, to Dominic, mm. there's a sense that like V couldn't when... give him information as V without, without you know, trying to without trying to arrest him.
1: And when they realize that V has tricked them as well, he's like, "We should go back to what we should have been doing all the time
2: <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> and find this guy and kill him." Yeah. <laughs> like. I shouldn't have stayed up late <laughs> <laughs> all all those nights, kind of watching conspiracy theories <laughs> on YouTube. Yeah, yeah. Um, what? And it, it like the 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 it feels like a a YouTube video when they're when they're listening to uh, to V explain all this the stuff about how the world really is, <laughs> yeah. and it, it's it's. It's like that um it's, it's like that movie like Zeitgeist. Yeah.
0: <laughs> it's it's edited like one as well, where it's yeah, like you have out context like, images of Yeah.
1: And, and 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 when you think of it, um uh Christianity itself is also um <laughs> it's uh uh based on on, on this um uh, uh, this, the 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 same the same uh, virgin birth story as as Gaia in the Greek myths and, it's all
0: connected yeah it's all it's all coming back now but yeah have you thought about how this this pharmaceutical company is related to this fringe undersecretary <laughs> of defense and then there's a picture of the number in his bank account to convince you that they're talking about money um it is very much it does feel a little bit like a YouTube video to the point where I'm disappointed that like I wonder what it was like for fin- to hear this as opposed to getting the images I mean,
1: like how do it is kind of cool like yeah. like I, I I enjoyed it and that's some of the, 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 the kind of like appeal of those of, of those sorts of things when they're done well yeah um, and
0: they're done very well here like this is this is the thing like I mean we talked a little bit about how hard it is to take you know how difficult it is to reconcile any sense of ambiguity with the fact that violence looks really cool in this movie. The right. action sequences look really great. Then
1: again, and- like look look at um, um, uh, movies like um, uh, Gandhi, which is which which I believe is on the two fifty. Yeah, um, and these kind of tremendous um, films that that tell um, uh, that tell those stories. I don't think I've seen a a Martin Luther King movie um, that h- has impressed me as much. Um, I've seen Selma. Okay. Um, I wasn't kind of, uh, I wasn't blown away with it. Um, but have, having visited the Civil Rights Museum in, in, uh, in Memphis, was that the one in Atlanta too? But I thought the one in Memphis was especially kind of um, uh, powerful. Um, and it just shows you that 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 these stories of non-violence can be as compelling, if not more compelling, then, 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 gonna, gonna than 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 these stories of violence. The, of violence, this uh, comic book kind of action. Yeah,
0: and I think the film sort of suffers from that a little bit, and it's a problem that's carried over from the source material because the climax of the film should be the destruction of Parliament, right? It should be the moment at which Parliament's blown up. And V is sort of like gets his victory, but the way <laughs> the film
1: demonstrators were killed by, <laughs> because like, they got too close shards of yeah
0: of yeah. Big Ben impaled by. The I imagine
1: the Met would be like, "We respect your right to um, uh, to organize. protest, but please do keep a distance away from the Parliament as it is about to explode."
0: <laughs> Thank you for your time and patience. Um, but there's like, but that should be the climax of the film. But because it's an action movie, you have to have a completely gratuitous action beat directly before that. So you have the scene where Tim Pigott-Smith, John John Hurt, and a bunch of anonymous goons square off against a stuntman wearing a Guy Fawkes mask and a sequence that looks great. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And,
0: and it looks really great, but the only issue is that's not the climax of the story at all. It makes everything that comes afterwards seem kind of... Dull by comparison, because you've had your big action beat where John hurt got shot in the forehead, and Tim Bigot Smith got choked Tim, sorry Tim Bigot-Smith, ha 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 got choked by you know dangling him off the top of an underground or pressing him against an underground sort of shutter,
1: yeah, let's shoot this mother, unload her <laughs> clips bang 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 yeah, stab you <laughs> but it's fine because. He's all very erudite. <laughs> he can quote like um, he 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 Macbeth can quote whole passages night. from uh, scripture as well. Yeah. And, and at the beginning, when when the uh, the the the, the fingermen were kind of like spare the rod, spoil the child, and then it's like I, I, you you know a Bible passage. But I know the entire thing, <laughs> and they're like, "What are you all about?" And it's like that thing. <laughs> <Yeah. I laughs> I'm quite punch you through I'm a wall. Quite clever. There. Yeah. Therefore, and I, I know all this, Yeah. You know, like all those quotes.
0: Also, I do kung fu.
2: Yeah. <laughs> um...
0: But yeah, no, there is something very strange about that, where the climax of the movie is built around this big idea of demolishing Parliament and the idea that the the symbol of the gesture, you know, that well,
1: means a so funny much... thing, actually. Yeah. that Like a lot of people um, our age can 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 quote like in in entire bits from like uh, movies or television shows, <laughs> <laughs> but there's somehow something more impressive <laughs> I'm about quoting from a book <laughs> where you read the actual words. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
0: Um, because I mean, yeah, we, we we know people who can have entire conversations in Simpsons quotes, for example. Yeah. But somehow, it's much more impressive when it's Shakespeare. Oh, cultural elitism is what that is. Yeah. Um. But no, like I think you're right about how the movie, the fact that he can quote Shakespeare somehow gives him license to be extremely violent. Because when he does he's it, he's smart. Yeah. Stupid people. Yeah. 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 And therefore, he has more authority to use
1: violence than stupid people do.
0: But there's a lot of that in in the film as well. But yeah, it just that.
1: It's like the the way kind of people excuse Trump a lot of things because of how clever he is, because of all the words he has.
0: <laughs> They're bigly. They're very, very bigly. They're yeah, huge. I know all of Shakespeare. Sorry. <laughs> um, <laughs>
1: but yeah, uh, but it, and it is well. I mean, to be fair, Shakespeare was a great American. Well, I mean, there, <laughs> is, there is the uh, ar- uh, there is the argument. I should that... stop doing that. <laughs>
0: Don't ever stop, Andrew. But there is the argument that, yeah, that like the the thing with Trumpism is that it's just no longer disguised. The philosophy behind it, you know, has been around for a long while. It's just no longer disguised by that sort of eruditeness or erudity, if you will. Erudition? Uh, erudition. There we go. Got it on three. But yeah, it's, it's the, um, but like, that the idea that the philosophy underlying it has always existed. And it's no longer hidden behind nice words or dog whistles.
1: Yeah. It's just sort of put If you wanted the, our edition, you'd come to this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> that we'll get to. Or as we call to. it, Aero Diddy. Um, but yeah. Um Aero Diddy Pop.
0: Uh, <laughs> it is worth noting. And again, this is probably, I love the irony of this. The are,
1: are you Puff Daddy?
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's as it's known now. But the, the irony of the fact that... You know the, the Guy Fawkes mask that's featured in the film?
1: Um, the specific one?
0: Yes, and the one that's used by Anonymous around the world.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, do you know who owns the copyright on that?
1: I do not.
0: Time Warner. So every time that everybody, anybody buys a Guy Fawkes mask that looks like the one from V for Vendetta to make their anonymous videos or to go to an anonymous protest... They're putting money in the sort of pocket of Time Warner. They've made millions and millions. America
1: off. Online? <laughs> uh,
0: yes, the the company formerly known as. But in terms of, yes, so in terms of like Warner Brothers, um, the owner of Warner Brothers. And which the is, Warner
1: sister, Dad. Yes,
0: and the Warner sister. I don't know if they still get the money, though. I think they get to live in the, in the water tower. I'm not sure they get the funneling of the studio profits, though.
1: Oh, god damn it.
0: Yeah, I mean, well, they did sign a contract, you know? Should have read the small print. Who would have known that Warner Brothers movies would remain in print consistently for decades at think, a time?
1: I think, like, characters who can learn, like, all of the American presidents, all the countries of the world, would be kind of more au fait with, like, the, the ins and outs of contract law.
0: Yeah. But sadly, this is the world that we live in. But I, I do find it fascinating that, like, the, the fact that V for Vendetta Mask has become this sort of statement of rebellion. And this statement of individuality and this statement of, like, anarchy or fighting against the system. Every time somebody buys one of those masks, it's inevitably going to one of the largest companies in America. You know, it's a it's something that they own, something they have control of in theory. And, I mean, it's just it's a fascinating sort of contrast. It's an interesting sort of dichotomy. Well, yeah,
1: like everything is just money now like like the 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 um that guy um what's his name um sebastian younger i think is his name is uh, recently wrote that book about tribe about how like people were happier when they were uh, closer together and lived in like communities of 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 15 kind of and 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 and, uh and that's um there are ways in which we're kind of like alienated from each other in our in our contemporary society, but it's very difficult um, to say that a person would would be happier if they were to 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 be more <laughs> like um, um, to live more like a primitive man, because the uh, paradigm that we live in is an economic one. Yeah. So like the the um, your welfare now is 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 based on, um, to a large part... Your economic status. Yeah. And your, and your, 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 your economic means. Yeah. So, like, anything up to about 75,000 um, euros or dollars a year is going to make you happier or better off. And then it, levers out. Then it yeah. levels out, does it? Yeah. Well, uh, presumably, like, uh, <laughs> uh, d- diminishing marginal returns and um, But, um, yeah. What,
0: how did how did I get to that? It was the mask. It was the V for Vendetta mask. Yeah. The fact that what's become this. So, yeah, every,
1: every everything's, everything's everything's money now. Yeah. Um, and that's just the kind of way things are. We live in the world. The world is thus.
0: I mean, yeah, this is the arguably. And again, it, it, we,
1: it, we, I it, mean, like some money is going to go to Time Warner, but also some money is going to go to Jeff Bezos when, whenever they're sending it to you. Yeah. Um, um,
0: and the shopkeeper as well. You know, I mean, which is less bad, you know, sort of thing. But I mean, it's also, this is one of the things where it's, yeah, it's, it's very much, when you talked a little bit about, like, the alt-right philosophy earlier on without endorsing it, The great one of the great strengths of capitalism is that it has this wonderful ability to turn all other political philosophies in service of it. In that, like, when you're buying that V for Vendetta mask to make an anarchist statement or to make a revolutionary statement against capitalism... You still have to buy it, as you point. It's all money. You still have to buy into the system. You still help the underlying sort of figure or the bo- the financial bottom line well, of the company. To from something
1: today that was suggesting that um, uh, 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 Fox News, um, one of their, um, we we'll put some links to it in the show notes. Is there a, a, a recent. I think I was talking to you earlier today about it. It was like an episode of the voxs the the, the the weeds um a recent episode where they were talking about a, a fox news um anchor or um a host of a show there who's who's trying to kind of draw some light to the um economic kind of um uh deprivation caused by the, the kind of this uh free market capitalism or libertarianism you could say that that's um that's for so long being being the um, kind of um, bread and butter of the party, bread yeah. butter of, the, of 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 the Republican Party, and we know that Fox News aren't a uh, mouthpiece of the Republican Party. That the Republican Party are are more accurately a mouthpiece of of Fox, of, News. Of Fox News and the Koch brothers and all that sort of thing. Yeah, I was actually but reading it, an article. Sorry, actually, books, but... that, that that's maybe. Um, that's maybe unnecessarily uh, uh, pejorative or simplistic. And who am I to talk about American politics um, as a person in Ireland? Tucker Carlson. Yeah, Tucker Carlson is, is
0: the name of the guy. I was actually reading the article on as well. It's an interesting movement within, or debate that he sparked, at least within the conservative movement, where it, it's very much a rejection of Something that is accepted, as you pointed out, as a cornerstone of the conservative movement in the states, It's something that is yeah. fundamental to their identity and their beliefs. And, and
1: this is this this isn't that Tucker Carlson has suddenly become a liberal uh, or anything like that. A, 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 a liberal, he still wants to keep um, uh, people out of um, America, the states, yeah. yeah. Um, but um, he's just questioning, the... yeah he, he he's he's questioning some of the failures of of the. Which is interesting because um, the, I guess, like you say, um, a lot of the political systems have been kind of geared towards um, uh, protecting economic interests. Like the the disaster that that Trump's presidency um, was supposed to be um, had... um, some 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 of some of the economic indicators have been quite good and 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 he's been quite good for um for uh the the economy as this um sort of uh, monolith that exists somehow separate from the people that it's um supposed to serve yeah so the the the, the People think of like good for the economy, regardless of kind of um, whether it's good for income people. equality yeah, yeah. And, and, and those sorts of things. Income equality is an economic problem. Yeah. Um, and I think most kind of economists would agree with that to some level or another. Um, but anyway, Sorry. We've gone. <laughs> way, way but I, uh, I, sorry, I think I've gone. I think perhaps. that's an appropriate discussion. I, I, I guess we, we, we talked about a lot of things. Um, and I mean
0: and the film does prompt these debates. I mean, is there anything else that we want to talk about with regards to the film? Anything else that we haven't discussed already? I mean, you did mention Natalie Portman is fantastic
1: here and she yeah. really oh, really and, is yeah um, <laughs> uh, and <laughs> Call, call back to uh, to Leon for 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 any fans of Natalie Portman and uh, pedophilia. There, an interesting intersection yeah, right there, here. There's there's, there's there's that scene with, with her, the priest where, with, yeah. the, with the cardinal yeah yeah where she she's 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 dressed in in um, this sort
0: of Lolita style attire with the with the dress and the pigtails and the makeup on her face. And it's very clear that I think is that the Cardinal's assistant says, you know, she's a bit older than the kind of girl the agency usually sends. That sort of thing. Yeah, it's it's very much in the style of Lolita, except I think this movie understands how fundamentally wrong that is in a way that Lolita. Uh, sorry, that um, not Lolita. Sorry, the La uh, femme Lolita the, the, the femme, yeah. <laughs> in a way that the perfect Leon, the professional did not.
1: Or the the European cut that you put me through <laughs> the
0: international cut. Thank you. I mean,
1: like people, are like oh, I've seen Lehan. It's not that bad. The version that Darren made me watch. Um, I guess you didn't make to, me watch it to hear. Uh, I guess it's always a choice, isn't it, for me to. <laughs> Andrew,
0: did you think about how hard it was for me to see you watch that movie? And every time I wanted to pause <laughs> I that sure movie, there could have
1: been another way.
0: I wished, yeah. I looked over at you, and you refused to say pause that movie, <laughs> and so I couldn't stop it. Andrew, did you think about how I felt?
1: You are you are a monster, <laughs> um, um, but only the,
0: because the people who made me were monstrous. Andrew.
1: This is not an equation, uh, <laughs> Darren.
0: <laughs> but um, yeah, so no, it, it's yeah that. And it, to be fair to the film, at least it seems to understand that that sort of weird fetishization of young
1: girls but is. But, like, the, uh, um, for... Sorry. Anyway. The, no, 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 the, no. Go on. Like, the, it, um, it, I don't know. it's It's got... Oh. It's... No, like, it's... Do we need a slide whistle, Andrew? <laughs> no, the... the <laughs> The, um it's funny because like um uh I feel like maybe um Natalie portman as an adult I wonder if she was uh, kind of like half thinking about some of their really kind of creepy weird uh kind of uh fandom that she had probably I'm assuming <laughs> um, had a had, 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 had or... attractive had attracted I mean, and you, and and certainly um, Have you seen Lu Lu Luk Besson, yes. Um, was certainly uh, probably intended <laughs> yeah. to to be more material in that movie for people of such uh, inclinations. And tates, um and... being being one of those people himself. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, like um, have i said anything um defamatory, uh, defamatory per uh could, like if 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 you're interpreting that way then yeah like uh read the facts <laughs> <laughs> we will include some details in in the yeah. show notes and um, by the way
0: in terms of seeing natalie portman in that way it's worth noting again recently i watched the movie life itself by dan fogelman which is atrocious it's one of the worst movies i've seen in a very long yeah, time yeah it's
1: supposed to be very uh pole faced It's
0: incredibly earnest, and it's really bad in the way it approaches its female characters. Most notably, the character played by Olivia Wilde, who has to deliver this monologue on how life itself, Andrew, is the only reliable narrator. But that also means that life itself is somehow an unreliable narrator, because we don't actually get to experience all of life itself. It's god-awful, but... It does feature Oscar Isaac as a pretentious screenwriter who's writing a Quentin Tarantino style unreliable narrator script. Narrated by Samuel And San He's L. Jackson.
2: himself
1: an unreliable <laughs> narrator! Mind blown. Yeah. Um,
0: but it does I've feature. Have heard about this movie? Have you heard about this movie? A little bit. It does feature a sequence in which Olivia Wilde's character is sexually abused by her uncle. Right. And she proceeds to, at the age of 14. Decide that she's had enough, so she steals his gun, threatens him with it, and says that if he ever comes near her again, she will shoot him with it. Now, while this is happening, Oscar Wilde is describing the scene to his therapist. His therapist, to be clear. Oscar Isaac. Oscar Isaac, yeah. And he says... Oscar Wilde. Oh, sorry, apologies. Oscar Isaac, I got my um, Stephen (laughs) Fry sort of in there. But uh, Oscar Isaac is describing this to his therapist, and he says... When I imagine this scene, I like to imagine her as a 14-year-old Natalie Portman. You know, like Leon, that sort of thing. And you're like, what what universe writing this script did you think that that was an appropriate note in which to play this beat?
1: I, like, he's playing a pretentious uh, (laughs) screenwriter, so he probably thinks that that's, like, a fine thing to say. (laughs) You'd be, like, kind of, um, like... I it sounds like the kind of movie where um they it could have made like a really insufferable movie like on purpose. Yeah. Um but only... it, but it, that would be like the most generous interpretation you could take. Anyway, we're not talking about the movie no, we're anymore.
2: Not. Yeah.
0: All right, so let's wrap up then. Um, Andrew, um, if you were to recommend something for people that you are enjoying at the moment, you want to share a little bit of joy with the world, what would you choose to recommend? What should people seek out in their lives?
1: I would recommend the Beef and Dairy Network podcast. It's. Um, I'll tell you a little bit about it. It's a podcast um, for those who are involved in or um, just interested in um, the uh, production of Beef or Dairy Herds oh um, how did you
0: find this do you mind my asking
1: um, it was recommended by um, another comedy podcast <laughs> um, <laughs> I, <laughs> I like I how we're not even pretending to my, be a film podcast my, anymore. My okay. brother, my brother, and me. No, no, I'm, um, I, I'm, I'm saying it, it's, it's the number one podcast for those involved in or just interested in the production of beef animals and dairy herds, and it's a comedy podcast oh, okay. by Benjamin Partridge.
0: Oh, okay, cool. It's not actually a dairy and, uh... or is it? <laughs> <laughs> I
1: mean, they do talk a lot about beef and dairy. Um, um it's fantastic. I especially enjoyed. The kind of escalating story of um, Eli Roberts, who's a, um, a, a starts life as a slaughterhouse owner, um, and it's it's great. It's 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 some of the most like uh, fun I've had listening to podcasts. It's genuinely like laugh out loud hilarious. I want to tell people. About it and about all of the funny parts of it, but I want them to experience it themselves. Yeah, Um, but it's uh, it's great. It's great. I won't say any more than that. Just 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 listen to it. Otherwise, be milking it. They're good and short. Um, They they come out um, maybe once a month. Oh, Um, so. that's the only sad thing about it, is that uh, you'll discover it, you'll get into it, it quite binge through it, and then you'll want more, but you can't have any. Um, and I hope it's not like um, Super Ego, where they um, uh, start re- releasing kind of in seasons and kind of like once a month. And then one month, it doesn't come out, and you don't see one for another, like, four years. Yeah, or, yeah, something like that. So, yeah, Beef and Dairy Network. What about you, Darren?
0: Uh, I would recommend Black 47, which is, uh, for people who want a bit more Hugo weaving, a bit more Stephen Rea in their lives. It's an Irish famine western, which is a combination of things that people didn't know that they wanted, but which is fantastic. It's available on home media now. It's available on streaming if you're in the U.S. as well. It's absolutely fascinating. It's... Lance Daly directed it, I believe. Is it on Netflix at all? I don't think it's on Netflix yet. No. uh, But I'll double check to be sure. Gonna go to the fact machine and check. I wish I mean the Netflix machine.
1: That sounded a bit like Law and Order.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Um...
0: But yeah, no, no, it's it's not available on Netflix, but it is available on Blu-ray and it is available to stream as well if you want to buy it online from places like Voodoo, for example. It's absolutely stunning. It's probably my favorite Irish film of last year. It's a story, it's again, it's a post-colonial Western in the style of films like, for example, The Hateful Eight, um, Django Unchained, that sort of thing. It basically takes a really huge historical calamity that defined Irish identity and plays it as this narrative of, like, revenge against a colonial oppressor in a way that is interesting and challenging and provocative, in a way that feels almost like a companion piece to V for Vendetta, in that it deals with a lot of the same sort of material, I think.
1: And Black Forty Seven is the eighteen forty seven, the worst year of the Irish famine. Yeah, yeah,
0: that's that's the name of it as well. But which, anyway, which
1: okay. uh, for for any of our foreign listeners, I know actually, I think most people are aware of the Irish famine. But it, it was it was it was a potato famine caused by the plato, p- 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 potato potato bl- uh, blight.
0: It was indeed. And
1: should I go further? And the dependency uh, it, it's, of it's, the it's,
0: Irish of the Irish farmers on the crop because. Of the sort of restrictions imposed on them by the British landlords.
1: Pyloptera infestants. Oh,
0: very good. Nice. I, did, I didn't know that. <laughs> sorry. That's a deep dive, but that's a little bit of a historical controversy. So Ireland is starving is the context of the film itself. It's and important against...
1: before you see the movie that you know the, the, um, the, uh, the name. Of the <laughs>
0: blight that has infected the crops. Um, it is. It is absolutely fantastic. I adore it. It's visually striking. It's stunning. It's provocative, and it scratches all of those. I'm a big fan of westerns, so it and it hits all those buttons very, and very. Stephen
1: much. Ray is in it,
0: and Stephen Ray is in it, and Hugo Weavings in it as well. Um, anyway, so people looking for a bit more Andrew in their lives, where can they find you?
1: A Q U I. I'll try that there again. There will be
0: music in every.
1: A Q U I N N I U. Q A.
0: Thank you, Andrew. Uh, and meanwhile, if listeners probably want... do that, but... <laughs> <laughs> one take Andrew, one take Quinn, ladies and gentlemen. Um, you can follow me at Darren when You can follow the podcast at, at the two fifty. You can find us on Stitcher, on SoundCloud, on iTunes, on Spotify, wherever good podcasts are sold. Um, if you like us, tell everyone. Please feel free to leave a review or a share. Um, it, it's meant a lot to us. We've had a lot of support in the past year. It's it's really, really been great. Yeah, you um, crazy kids. Um, it really does. We're, been, we're astonished every time anybody been listens.
1: To getting us. it up the ass. <laughs> Sorry, um,
0: is that the expression? <laughs> I I'm not sure it applies here, but thank you, Andrew. Andrew's enthusiasm
1: is duly noted. Um, yeah, the uh, Andrew thank... may have been listening <laughs> what to I the meant...
0: Once Upon a Time in America podcast. What
1: I meant to say is, thank you for listening. Take it easy, guys. Bye. Bye. -bye.
0: So hello, and thank you very much for listening. Uh, That was our episode covering V for Vendetta. We've had a very busy couple of weeks here at the 250. Uh, You may have noticed, or you may be about to notice, depending on which order you're listening to this, that we did an 18-hour podcast for charity covering Twin Peaks The Return. It's just a heads up, if you're doing an archive binge, the next episode may actually be 18 episodes long. So feel free to, to skip that and jump back to our coverage of Room starring Brie Larson with When Irish Eyes Are Watching, which was really great fun as well. Uh, For listeners who are listening live, and looking forward to what's coming up next. Next week, with a bit of luck, we'll be kicking off Anime April, uh, covering basically uh, Japanese animated films on the list with the wonderful Marianne Cassidy and Graham Day. They'll be joining us hopefully to discuss uh, Miyazaki's Nausicaa in the Valley of the Wind, and then Akira as well, and there's a whole host of other delights waiting for you in in April. We've got Phil Bagnell joining us to talk about Avengers, the one, the only Avengers, and then inevitably when Endgame enters the 250, we'll be joined by the wonderful Tony Black, if everything goes to plan. Also, a slight correction because we don't normally get to do this because we record so far ahead of time. But just to let listeners know, if you are interested in Black 47, the movie that I mentioned at the end of this podcast, in the time since we recorded, in the time that we released this episode, um, Netflix have actually made it available online. So you can actually watch it on Netflix now if you feel the urge. I think it's very worth your time, but obviously you know yourself. Also, we want to take this chance to to say thank you very much to everybody who's listened to us. It's been a really phenomenal sort of couple of weeks for us. Uh, We're very, very happy. Thank you for your patience, your support, and your encouragement. Everybody's been really, really great. Um, Thank you so much, guys. Uh, We'll be back next week. Bye.